Rust Belt musings on metal and associated genres, spearheaded by a couple of gents and their acquaintances, from Testament to Motorhead to Diamondhead to Combat Records and Joe Bench and all qualities surrounding metal, punk, and even hard rock. Anecdotes, history, and opinions abound. Sidetracked periodically by Peter Chris and Vinnie Vincent Fist Sessions. Coming at you live from Northeastern Ohio, this is Narcast. What's up? Welcome to Anarchist episode 19. 19. Uh, we're doing um, best of uh, probably this might be the greatest heavy metal band of all time by a lot of people's estimations. Not yeah, we could argue mind. that. Um, a, lot, a lot of people would say, right? Iron Maiden. Yeah. If not, you know, for a lot of people, this is the best metal band of all time. For a lot of people, at least top five or top ten or in your top whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're still, we have Anthony here with us. We're hello, here hello. in the cave. Uh, we're going to go over the whole discography, talk about songs we like, highlights of the band. We're not going to get too much into the kind of the history. You guys obviously are listening to this. You know about Maiden. You know the history. So we're going to kind of go down the discography, talk about uh, all things Maiden. So. Yeah, I just want to more shoot the shit about it than uh, the people who are listening to a Maiden episode. Or seasoned. Are going, they're... Yeah. Maiden fanatics. If you're here because you heard about the band Iron Maiden and you want to learn something, I don't know, like fucking get your ears checked. You you know, (laughs) Google them. I mean, you know what to do. So at this point, you should know who they are. You got it. If you're listening to this podcast, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise you clicked the wrong. Well, we got into them. I got into high school, pre early years. I mean, we were young. I was really young when I got into this band. I imagine a lot of people come to this band young. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know many people like get to them later i mean it's kind of weird they're kind of up there with sabbath and metallica right mm-hmm. it's kind be, of bands that are in your formative years that would be ass backwards um but <laughs> pretty much we have to before we really get started with anything i gotta say uh when we were those pimply faced little kids in the metal we always talked about you know never having kids and being in a band and hanging out and uh anthony uh is gonna have a daughter so i wanted to say congratulations to him and jess thank you um I'm happy for you. You've gone through so much in your life that you deserve it, and nobody's happier for you than I am. I love you. Thank you. Always family. Appreciate it. All right, that's out of the way. Are you done? Shit. Yeah, I'm done. Thank you. Um, I'll give you my congratulations, too. So, I mean, obviously, I haven't known you as long as Joe, but... Thank you. Fuck out for that. But, yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, I think you can now tell everybody you're going to name your daughter seventh son of a seventh son. So, either that or peace of mind or... <laughs> Bridget <Yeah>. Dickinson. Yeah. <laughs> or like my favorite alive drummer, Clive Burr. Oh, my God. Okay. That's, that's a free one. Either one you know what? Out of, respect either, for, so. out of respect for you, I was not going to bring up the whole Clive Burr death thing. It's a thing now. Thing, Somebody was going to... Do you know um, about that? What? The Clive Burr death thing. What? About Joe. We were doing what? The New Wave British Heavy Metal episode? It was our episode. very first podcast, yeah. yeah. And Joe was like, we were talking about Maiden. Joe's like, yeah, they got Yannick in the band. Why can't they just have like Clive come back and guest? <laughs> I said, because he's, he's dead. He was like, oh, all right. Well, I guess that'd be a well, good Well, as we'll reason. get to, I mean, I think Nico's dead because he's been playing the same goddamn drum beat for 15 <laughs> fucking years. But oh that's God. neither. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, how did you get into Maiden? You. You. Just like any other thing in this in this. Uh... I don't know, man. Yeah, it was you. I remember being over your house, and you had a... I don't... 
I think it was you that had. Um, I had a virtual eleven shirt no. on. Why do I keep throwing myself Dude, under the bus? Did you, with you this? have the virtual eleven shirt on with your white urban camos? <laughs> yeah, so. you did. You did. Oh, and your fucking ball chain necklace. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, you had a. Be- I, I don't remember the name of the. It was like a compilation. The best of the beast. Mm-hmm. Best of the beast. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I remember is because that has a live version of. Uh, yeah. It has a couple live versions of rule. On that, that's and that was uh, it's all their their hit type yeah. stuff, you know. It's a cool, and, that's a cool best stuff. You ever heard that? Yeah, it was I mean, like it was, a box. Yeah, it had all the it had all the Eddies on the cover from all it the did, records. It did. It had like and a, it had like a family tree on the inside. Yeah, the yeah. booklet was like really fucking cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. But it had um, kind of a best of uh, collection of everything. That yeah, you should know by Iron Maiden. Yeah. So it was a perfect introduction. Good time to bring up. I also had just the logo T-shirt too. That was. Better you did. than the Virtual Eleven. Yeah. Uh, so, because I learned quickly when I bought that record, like, oh, I have the shirt. I may as well buy the record. And I was like, this is this fucking is no horrid, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, but how you kept your? How'd you get into? I'm trying reading? to say I'm old. No, I was gonna. I <laughs> paused because I was gonna uh, make an old comment. Kip, you're really old. How'd you get into Satan? <laughs> uh, Kip, you're ancient. How did you? <laughs> no. So my my uncle Ray. Uh, was in his God. He's got to be close to sixty now, I would imagine. Um, but as a kid, I he was a, a fireman. Um, when, when I was a kid, he was a fireman. He rode a Harley. You know, was a big yeah. dude. He worked out, and uh, he had a tattoo. I can't remember if it was on his left or right shoulder, but it was the entire. I mean, can you imagine his deltoid just being like the size of a dinner plate? And the whole thing was peace of mind. The cover, oh, nice. the yeah, cover. The and I remember seeing. I remember he told me he like back in the day. This is back in the early '80s. He went to Columbus or something like that to a tattoo artist, and it cost him six hundred bucks in the early '80s. So that's a big piece. With inflation, that's probably like two point three million in <laughs> 2019 Roughly. money, which but, doesn't even put a dent in this record collection. Yeah, which is insane. But I remember also going into his house. Um, and in the basement, he had like a workout room, and all the posters were Iron Live Man. After Death. But you know, just I mean, it was crazy. That was like his favorite band. So he was like a hardcore hillbilly. Oh, he loved them. I don't, <laughs> and you know what? I haven't spoken to him because they they moved away, and just for I mean, nothing bad, no bad reason. But I just haven't spoken to him in years. But um, I don't know if I'm, I would guess he's still a fan. Um, but that's what got me into it. And I knew my, my dad was already into, like, Sabbath and Priest and, you know, a so lot of the Sabbath and shit. It, it, but he didn't really get into Maiden. But oh, okay. I remember asking my dad about... My dad loves Maiden now. Mm-hmm. But I remember asking my dad about Maiden back then, you know, when I was probably the age of my kids are now, seven or nine. or mm-hmm. And uh, I remember him being like, yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not bad, you know, and... Mm-hmm. It, but it really wasn't until I re- I started really getting in like the early '90s, um, maybe the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, my cousin, older cousin, had a, uh, a, t- a tape collection. He had Kiss, ACDC, Van Halen, all this stuff. But they also had Maiden, mm-hmm. and that's what I, I think. I think he had Fear of the Dark. I think cause I can't remember exactly the album, but I think that was it. And so that's what. That's what got me into it. If it was prayer, uh, no prayer for the dying, I probably would have hated them for eternity. If I we'll, had, well, we'll, get, we'll get there. You get your one, <laughs> but that's but that's what I got. But you know, I, I think I that brings up a good point about him because, like, you know, I think Maiden is. 
one of those bands where we get to like we talked about this in the new wave of British heavy metal episode a little bit, but Maiden's one of those bands in the eighties where like they are a heavy metal band, where like you know like this is like a lot of rockers like you said they may have like Motorhead or Kiss or some of that stuff, but if you were into Maiden in the eighties like you were a metal head into mm-hmm. a metal band, you know it's really like Priest and Maiden kind of help really define metal as a self aware genre, so I think that that's a really good. Uh, and I probably should give a disclaimer before this whole episode that I'm a priest fanatic. I was always priest over Maiden. Yeah. Me so, too. and I'm not going to shit on Maiden here at all. You know, I have things that I, opinions that I have, but you know. Yeah, I'm I mean, here to celebrate Maiden. I'm not here to really get into yeah, the debate of like you know. Exactly, but you know, so anything I say, obviously, is going to have a little bit of a tinge of. I'm the same. I Judas Priest love. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I that's, agree. That's weird because I was always Maiden first before Priest, and Priest was actually a, a band that I didn't start really getting into until later. Like, yeah. like I'm more into Priest now than I was mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger. Like when you know you. Why do you think kids. that is? Like more accessible, more melodic, um, or more? Well, I think it took me the right. It took me to find the right Priest albums for me to like Priest. I think the bands you were into when you were younger were more directly in because I, And here's why. Because Iron Maiden is was more consistent in their sound throughout their career. Mm-hmm. But Judas Priest has many different sound like styles. You know, their early stuff doesn't sound anything like what they did oh, yeah. in the middle or, or later. Painkiller sounds like nothing like the rest Pain of Painkiller, in my opinion, is the quintessential heavy metal record. When I mm-hmm. think of the term heavy metal... That is the first record that comes to mind. Yeah, Most people our age that. love that because record, it, yeah. it, it. I mean, it's like the it's like the embodiment of mm-hmm. heavy metal. Mm-hmm. In drum, my opinion, the drums on it sounded. Mm-hmm. I love that drum production. Has a very has a very big Japanese flavor, which a lot of that influence coming into the mm-hmm. production. Like it reminds me a lot of Anthem and bands like that. Loud, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, that kind of deal um, with that kind of. Yeah. It is a very metal record, but I think that Maiden, you know. I got into Maiden uh, also, too, kind of like we were like with Death Metal when we were younger and, and other stuff. Like They're a band that I totally went blind with every record and literally went because of the artwork. Yeah. That's why, you know, I went like Seventh Son of the Seventh, Seventh Son. I picked up that one, I think, first just because I liked the art a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know. Like, they didn't have, like, radio songs, really. So you kind of just went by, like, okay, this record looks cool. No Prayer for the Dying, great artwork, but, yeah. I mean, we'll get to why I like it now, but, I mean, when I first picked it up, I was like, that's why Fear of the Dark, I think, is probably, I'm going to start first with favorite record, then we'll get into the, we'll go chronologically, but that's why I think Fear of the Dark is my favorite Maiden record, because the art I picked up, because I thought it was awesome, mm-hmm. and because of that Best of the Beast, I think it had Fear of the Dark live on it. It did. Which is my yeah, favorite live song they do. Well, live is, I mean, the, with the crowd interaction, yeah. it's crazy. But yeah. favorite record? You have a, you have a favorite? Uh, one. We'll do each one. That's, uh, that's tough. I, I toggle between two of them on any given day. My answer is going to be different, but it's either going to be Somewhere in Time or Brave New World. That's uh, kind of an awkward. I go for the dark but because of the nostalgia. It, it, that's so. what it is. Is nostalgia. In high school, Brave New World was like my. That that mm-hmm. was what I went to. That I remember it like it was yesterday that was the album i listened to the most so nostalgic nostalgic nostalgically speaking mm-hmm. that is the album that i always find myself revisiting the most yeah somewhere in time i believe it's probably the better record but those I, I are the two that. those are the two i like the most i, I think that you in know my opinion i think that I, one of the things i love about fear of the dark before we'll get into kip's one pick is 
No Prayer for the Dying, they tried to strip the sound down. Yeah. And they really missed a lot. I uh, lied. With, I will shit on Maiden. You know, uh, <laughs> with, you know with, with No Prayer for the Dying, they had a lot of... Holy Smoke is the worst song they've ever written. There's a couple opinion. bangers on that album. It, it does, and we'll get to that. By and large, it's not a I very think good they, album. I think they mastered that stripped-down sound on Fear of the Dark. Away from some... When I was young, I think I gravitated towards that stripped-down sound more. That's another reason why it's my favorite. But you can go with your... I mean, um, it's it's Killers. And anybody that knows me knows that the first two are godly. And Paul Diano absolutely over... Bruce Dickinson any fucking day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's just how I feel about, you know, when I... And I got into the Dickinson era first. And actually, I think Fear of the Dark was probably the first, because of the, what my cousin had. Right, because of the tape? Yeah. yeah. And actually, it, it was because of that. And also, there was a live album that came out at the time that was like a pay-per-view And I I can't remember, it was either the last one before Bruce left. Mm -hmm. It could have been around 93. Might have been like the Live in Donington. That was 92. That was like a Fear of the Dark era Mm -hmm. um, live record. But they've they've done like a hundred different live records. Yeah, they have. But yeah, and it, it, but I remember as I I went back, usually if I, Mm -hmm. you know, get into a band and I start with an album, I go back backwards and that's just how i i've always done it and so going back it was weird because you know you think when you get to the first two you'd be like well these aren't as good right yeah but when i got to the first two i thought this is fucking straight out <laughs> what's well, it, it had attitude so you connected with the first two more than Makes you sense. did yeah i mean everybody i think expects especially our listeners are probably expecting me to worship deanna and shit on dickinson and I, my second favorite is Killers. I'm right there with Kip. My third favorite is the first one. And I do love Paul Diano. I like him stylistically more than Bruce. But in Iron Maiden, I respect and understand how the music moved away from a singer like Paul Diano. And to some of our commenters' points, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how much of a punk icon he was. Because we can start with the first record. Because... He's not a punk dude at all. They were never influenced by punk well, Steve at all. Harris hates punk. And, well, I'll, I'll say this, because I know that Dale, that comments, you know, kind of made a comment about, you know, Steve Harris, and we're not punk, and we weren't influenced by punk. But I think that maybe subconsciously, just coming from that scene, you, it's def, there's so much punk in those first two albums. So I, think I don't think that, it's influenced. I don't think that they really listen to those bands, but... I think it's almost revisionist so to say that, and here's the reason why. By 1980, a new generation of second-wave punk is already in its germing form with bands like Discharge and other kind of bands that... Maiden was, a, I think, a hard rock band that had a bit of a... An edge, but I I think that people in retrospect insert the punk influence in those first two records, and I think that I think that those first two records influenced so many punk bands, especially bands like Deathside and Poison Arts in Japan, that they informed so much punk that I think that it makes sense now. But those first two records, I don't think that Steve Harris and those guys were really like. I think they just had a different edge that it's almost coincidental. But we can start with the first one. I think I do love. Uh, the first record because it's so much different than the whole catalog 
Those first really two short. records were were more stripped down rock and roll and attitude. Yeah, and, they, and it was a sign. Of, and it was long? a sign of the times at that time too. Absolutely, that's you know why what I, I think. Mean? That's why, in my opinion, there's a lot of punk running through that because yeah, whether they want to admit it or not, it's yeah. And so I, I get that Steve Harris doesn't like it, like punk, and I he gets you know. When people make that connection, he gets pissed off about it. Yeah. Nobody's saying they're a punk band, but I think that coming from the UK in that time and just being in that around those bands, you're it's gonna, there. it's gonna, yeah, it's there whether he's he likes it or not. Doesn't want to admit he's, he, he, he doesn't want to be. Nobody cares you know, what he thinks. Anyway. In, in line with that, yeah, because he's if somehow being influenced by punk would mean that it discredits his band or so. I maybe you're. Uh, who knows? I mean, who cares? but I think the whole band just looked. They I always have like this this feeling of I don't want to. They don't sound anything like Motorhead, but they always had that look to me where it was like black leather and mm-hmm. studs, and they were just kind of like kind of greasy and sweaty and obnoxious back then. I mean, Clyde Burr, his drumming had so much like snap and pop to it, and it it was busy, and it had punk attitude to it. Paul Diano totally has that attitude that I think that people can, you know, relate to punk. Yeah. I think that they actually they formulated the they formulated the Eddie character. The Mm -hmm. the Eddie character, you know, came to fruition because the band like didn't have like they didn't live that motorhead life. They weren't really they may have they needed something to help look the part because they really were just kind of like seventies rock dudes. You know, they didn't have like you know, a look to them that was really hard. So they needed this kind of mascot, and it helps. You know, I think that... It's iconic now. It is iconic. I mean, mm-hmm. you see that it, it, you it, know. It gives a band a certain... It's one of those things, too, with artwork, where I said we're made... And artwork is so important, because I think with different artwork, with technical ecstasy-style artwork, these albums aren't working as well for this <laughs> no. band. You know, you need these Eddie kind of, like... They needed that larger-than-life, dark thing. That's one thing they maintained the whole time, yeah. though. They never veered from that like some other bands, you know, that'll veer from their, their tracks style. in the first one. What do you guys? What do you guys do? We, we doing that now? I go. I gotta go. Uh, Charlotte the Harlots, uh, Transylvania, and Prowler are my my top three. Oh man! I mean, I I can do without Running Free. I've yeah. heard that eighteen million times. That's why I didn't pick yes. Um, but Transylvania, it's a it's solid, you know, instrumental. Um. My God, I, I think I chose Sanctuary, Prowler, Remember Tomorrow. I love Phantom of the Opera. Mm. I absolutely love the guitar riff on it. Um, it's a long song, but it still keeps you entertained the whole time. Mm-hmm. What about you? My turn? Um, well, I'll just say this first. Um, I think my opinion about this band is probably uh, polar opposite of what you guys think. Um, I have a really tough time with the first two records. Um and, and actually some of Number of the Beast, too, to be honest. Um, I had a tough time picking out three songs from from those first two especially uh, because I'm, I'm just not one of those rock and roll guys. I'm just not one of those. I'm not a Deanne. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I've never really been a big fan. And, and to be honest with you, the older I get, I, I probably revisit those first two uh, the least besides 
the fucking two albums that they did in the without Blaze. Bru- yeah, who, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even put songs on my list from those albums. I just I, don't think I just yeah. omitted them all no. together. Yeah. You don't have to I don't pick even three. Yeah, there's no, there's no number limit. You could do one. You could do three. I just do... picked three, but I didn't even visit those albums because I don't even own them. I've not, I I probably have listened to them a grand total of one or two times. I don't give a fuck about those albums <laughs> at all. But um, that. I mean, everybody they there's something different. I mean, that's yeah. why we're here. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's people who largely agree. Hey, listen, man. More people like Bruce than like Deano. More people buy those those. You know, there's a reason why this band has a fucking religion, and it isn't it's because just, of. It's just. I mean, not it's not me. my personal taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's just not me, and, and it probably never will be if it's not already. Yeah. Kip and I also but, like a lot of stuff like this. We like a lot of new wave yeah, heavy metal stuff. It's you just, guys that's, do mm-hmm. more than yeah. me, and that's fine. And and honestly, they're not bad records. No, they have very good songs. Better than most of those. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like I I think miles ahead of a lot of those. Miles ahead in terms of songwriting, and that's kind of why you can tell that this band was in a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal bands when it got to be like eighty four, eighty five. The shit they were releasing was kind of like dropping off in quality, but Maiden just 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 kept going up. Yeah, until no. Maybe because a little bit they they shed they (laughs) shed a little bit of that early. They got more melodic. They got more. They just knew how to write know, better songs. Yeah. They they got, you know, we'll get well, into that. But I, and and how good they were at their instruments too. That doesn't hurt. And live, I mean, they're a good live band. For the three songs I picked, I picked uh, Phantom, Transylvania, and Prowler. Those were the three that I liked. That's the fine. Most. It's a great instrumental. I mean, it's. A, I think Transylvania is an awesome, and they still do it live sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm trying to think. Of, I've, seen them, I've seen them two or three times. I don't remember we're seeing with motorhead and i only remember motorhead so <laughs> it's a brave new world blossom was it was wasn't it in halford I, it was halford yeah halford no i thought it was dio wasn't it i never no, saw maiden. dio no, i've never seen ours dio. is maiden uh motorhead and halford dio i think i don't i never I seen i don't remember Mo- motorhead being there i do yep. remember because halford rode out on a fucking harley or some shit motorhead like opened that. that show i believe they ho- Motorhead hopped on a date. They weren't supposed remember. to be on the show. God damn, I don't even remember. I remember that uh, that show though because they played like, I think like three fourths of Brave New World from start mm-hmm. to finish, and I was in all my glory at that, that point. Was good. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, those are my three. So, thank Great. you, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. I yeah, that's it. it. That's the end yeah, of the episode. That's, that's <laughs> it. I, I really got no more. <laughs> well, I think Killers to me is. The greatest thing they've ever released. I think it's the heaviest thing they've ever put out. I think it's That's so intense. Absolutely. The artwork. Everything about it. To me, when you think of... I do agree with Painkiller. That when you think of heavy metal, this definitely as well. Iron Maiden Killers. This is heavy metal through and through. It I is. mean, that album cover is so iconic. The logo also is iconic. I mean, how many other... You know, I've I've seen it on like craft brews and shit. It's so stupid, but they use the same logo, and they you know, um, they branded themselves well mm-hmm. throughout their career. Absolutely, well, I and, think without losing credibility too, they didn't yeah, go absolutely. the Kiss route where they kind of just put out tampons and lunch <laughs> bottles and <laughs> Kiss they, tampons. They marketed themselves really well, and people that don't know that don't that don't listen to them still know. Yeah, mm-hmm. they know. You know what I mean? They're as just big because, as a metal band can get from Europe right. and America. Because you recognize that logo. Right. You recognize Eddie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know it. You, you might know it's know a big band without really listening exactly. to anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Killers, though, is a step up. I think that Killers is... Killers may be the best 
new wave of British heavy metal record of that era, it's so, like Kip was saying, like miles ahead of what other bands. It was so much heavier at the time. Mm-hmm. Without being like trying to be, heavy. it's very natural sounding. I think Clive. Well, I remember like, playing it for Justin, you know, our buddy Justin. And he never listened to Maiden. He never really got into him. He was more of a stoner rock. Yeah, so you he know. was one of those rare occurrences that we were talking about yeah. earlier. Wow. And so strange. I remember playing him some live stuff from back then. And just, when you go back, I mean, I'm playing it for him, but then it's like I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just like, dude, the guitar tone, mm-hmm. everything about it, Deano's attitude, um, his vocals just fit perfectly. I, <laughs> can you imagine Deano on Number of the Beast? Mm-hmm. I think I could see it. Do you? I can imagine him on Number of the Beast, because I think, I think a lot of those songs were already mm-hmm. written, except him for a couple. doing Hello Be Thy Name would be sick. I could see him on number, but that's it. No, I agree. After that, I can't oh, I see cannot him see him on Seventh Son for a Seventh no. Son. No, I, mean, that's I agree kind of with him. I think even. because a lot of those songs they were so close in proximity time wise. Yeah, uh, where it, they, you know, because that's that's an album I still struggle with to get into. Peace, I can't see him on Peace of Mind or no, Power no. Slave. I mean, it's just not. No, happening. they really start no. to change after number. Yeah. in my opinion. Do you like number? You said that's I one do. of the... I do. There's some tracks on it I love, but then there's a lot of stuff that I don't. Because like we were talking about earlier upstairs, I think Iron Maiden has two sides to them. I think they have that ultra-melodic side, mm-hmm. and then I think they have that more rock and roll side. Yeah. And I, 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 and I really think that those are the two different worlds that they toy between. Yeah. I like the more melodic side of Iron Maiden. <laughs> right. Their harmonies, the melodies, Number the solos. The Beast is a tough listen as I get older. I, I have a harder time with it. You didn't pick your favorite though, so we can. On what? Skip ahead. On Killers? Pick? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to tell you the whole album. I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> wrong with that? I think it's absolutely ten out of ten in terms of like perfect metal albums. It's what I have I have a list of perfect metal albums, so it's like that's what's up there. Going from the, the Ides of March right into Wrathchild. Yeah, dude. I don't okay, even. The bass beginning. It's very. I, I I would go. I'll I'll pick one that you. I'll I'll go Purgatory favorite. Uh, it's just insane. My three are uh, Genghis Khan, Purgatory, and Wrathchild. You like the instrumentals, don't you? I, that's because I like you know, more of the melodic side <laughs> yeah, of Iron. You me- listen to the songs Maiden. without vocals, so you don't. <laughs> well, especially on the first two, because I don't care for his vocals. But yeah. Oh, you son of a. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel bad saying. I love all the shit he did. Um, well, most of it. I mean, I love Battle Zone. Um, love Battle Zone. Paul Diano's Battle's absolutely f- fucking awesome. Um, Killers. Uh, Paul Diano's Killers. I think what is that one album called? Murder One. Um, that's a great album. Totally awesome. It's the one he put out. It was called Gog Magog, and it actually had. A bunch of different it, it's it's absolutely terrible it's either that or the Deano album i can't remember all i really get into really there's a, a lot really bad battle zone. battle zone i do like a lot that's more like has a more speed metal kind of vibe to it, it it's much he has an attitude that i think lends itself really well to certain music and that's why i think later on when they got blaze bailey who's a good singer and is in some cool projects with different music. It's just that when you put him in, I mean, you can't put just people. Work. Those Bruce. When this is where we get to number of the beasts, like 
you enter Bruce, it changes so much that no going back. There's no other singer for this music. He's so much... I hate the word better because I don't like that. Paul Diano's a good singer. He's a different kind of They're singer. They're not the same. They're not They're the not same. even close. I'm not one of those geeks that's like, he's a much better singer. He's Alpharetta. a different singer. He's a different singer. Well, Bruce I don't like when people say Diano doesn't have range. I don't like when people... Because Diano... If maybe there's some stuff in Maiden, but when you listen to stuff that he did with uh, Battlezone, Fighting Back, uh, Children of Madness, he can sing. I agree, but he can absolutely have the range of Bruce though. It's not even he can't. It's not, it's he won't different. sound the same on the records that Bruce gives. That the Bruce gives what I always say about vocals and the personality. He gives that music its personality that only he can do that way. That he was just so much more theatrical. Yeah, it's well, way more dramatic. He's a better storyteller than Diano is, and probably a better frontman. I can't. I mean, I don't know for sure, but he's like a Again, child up on yeah, stage. Different. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just got that theatrics thing going. You on. can't be happy jumping around. But I agree, it's hard to compare. Him. It's mm-hmm. hard to compare them. They're they are night yeah, and day in are. terms of singers. Night they're, and day, personality wise, yeah. like very image yeah. wise, all of it. They're they're just yeah. different people. See exactly. Just, and I I don't like Sam. Yeah, Samson. Samson. The um, worst new wave. The absolute, it's abysmal. But I think that when you get in a number, I think he he does give that record a cool personality. Hallowed Be That Name, my favorite track off that record. That might be the greatest heavy metal song of the 80s. It's like I, a stairway it, to heaven. It honestly is. Yeah. It is. I it's mean, like it's, a stairway to heaven of metal. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad when people are like, oh, that's my favorite metal song of all time. I'm like, okay, well, fuck yeah, dude. It's, it's, legit. it's the perfect, that's a perfect, that's a legit metal that's the perfect uh, analogy that it's the stairway This to This one, I, I rate lower than um, number the first two, okay. only because it has two songs that I could never hear again. I'd be fine. That's Run to the Hills no, yeah. and Number of the Beast. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're good songs, but I just don't. Yeah. Need corny, to hear them ever corny, again. A little corny with I think the Run to the Hills is super corny. Yeah, it's a little, I don't know. A little cheese. Now, Acacia Avenue, 22 Acacia Avenue, that's a track that I think really does stand out. I even like Children of the Damned a lot, and I like uh, Hallowed. Those are the songs on number that I can listen to all the time. But could I do without ever listening to the whole record again? Yeah, I could live the rest of my life without. I sometimes wonder if it's because a lot of those songs were just so played out. Like, yeah, and like just, have we just heard him too many times I think Bruce to really doesn't care come into his own yet. When you listen to like Peace of Mind and Power Slave, like well oiled machine, they got the melodic thing down they, with the songwriting. They gel. I think I think with Number of the Beast, there were some songs left over from Deano that he has to sing on. Yeah, that's and why I think the, Deano would the work be of, good on him. The body of work that he had to work with. When Bruce finally got in his own, you get mm-hmm. to Peace of Mind. Because Peace of Mind when most people think of Maiden, they think of this in Power Slave. I mean, these are the two records where I think people like... I always thought that it wasn't until Power Slave that they really hit, you know, their stride. To me, that was like... That's like the Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden album is Power Slave. I agree. That's the Peace of Mind still is kind of... And I think the reason I think that's because I don't listen to Peace of Mind as much, mm-hmm. um, which would be weird because of my connection to with my uncle having that tattoo and that was like really the first my first introduction to the band but i i think that peace of mind is a better album um than power slip no no um it's so i rated my albums and there's a couple of them where i was like going back and forth 
Oh, and I was even leaving today, like before when I was Changing leaving, and I'm just yeah. like, the, like the first I three. I didn't do one because of that ride. It's hard. The first four else. are a lock, but, and I only did up to Brave New World. Um, I threw my list. I had three different lists. That's why I just stopped trying to rank the albums. I'm just kind of going through each because I did the same thing. I changed. Honestly, so I didn't times. even rate the albums. I just pulled three songs that I, I like the best from each. I album. will say to Kip's point though, I did go back and listen to Peace of Mind more because I don't listen to it a lot as much as the other ones either. Mm-hmm. I fucking realized I love it. That's a ripper of an album. I love yeah, it a good more album. than I agree with Kip that Power Slave is the quintessential Bruce era Maiden record. Mm-hmm. And if you'd have asked me to before we did this, before we do the research for this, like. I'd have been like, dude, Power Slave, easily. But I don't know, man. Like, Quest for Fire alone, fucking love. You were saying about storytelling with mm-hmm. Bruce. Awesome, like, lyrically how he well, does I that. Mean, come on, dude. We're Eagles Dare, Revelation. Yeah, Flight of Icarus. Flight of Icarus, Die with the, the, the Trooper, which to me is quite possibly in top five yeah. of greatest heavy metal songs the of end all of time. peace of mind which is funny because all the like sun and steel to tame a land yeah all the reviews i read at that time were like yeah the second half of the record kind of falls off and i was like i don't know man still life quest for fire sun and steel to tame a land kind of is the best second half of a record they've had in the 80s in my opinion you know what's wild so, about this band you ever think about this so this is one of the only bands i can think of where you could take a poll from a bunch of different oh, people and, yeah and you'll get you know your favorite Iron Maiden record will be different absolutely almost different for every I know so many people that love Number so many people love Killers so many people will be like fuck that peace of mind you know what I mean it's just like they almost really don't have anything bad where you can be like no that's a you know I've never met the X Factor guy but I'm sure they're out there I'm sure there's a good Yeah. You really think so? I don't think Uh, so. (laughs) Maybe not. But But you know what I'm saying like those those classic ones which is a bunch of them I don't really know too many people like it's Power like, Slave broke them, I think, in the U.S. the most. Um, well, that I'm, stage show then was yeah, massive. Yeah, just got better and better. I mean, it was huge. I mean, everything about that band has been big, mm-hmm. giant productions. Right. You know, I think especially with Power Slave. And, you know, going back to Peace of Mind, that's the first one with McBrain mm-hmm. on drums, mm-hmm. which I prefer... Clive Burr, I always will. I, you know, rest in peace. But uh, yes, <laughs> I think the music got different too, though. What we're saying about Bruce, I think that, you know, Clive. I think Clive could play it though, but I don't know if I'd ever want to hear Nico on those first two albums. Yes, yeah, I. That's because yeah. I. There's just not. Nico McBrain's a good drummer, but he seems like he's too nice. And he doesn't have attitude. And Clive Burr just had that attitude. Clive Burr was, to me, was like Deano, but on drums. And that's why I love those first two albums because I think those were. This is this is the whole Bruce Dickinson yeah. Deano thing, except we're doing drummers now. Yeah, we're talking Burr yeah. and McBrain. Mm-hmm. They are they're, they're to compare the two is is almost it's identical. Way different. Yeah, it's way they're different. just different. You know, one's flashy, one's more of a rock drummer. You know what I mean? I, I just, think that McBrain is a great drummer. Much more influenced by Prague and but I, yeah, like yes I mean he played on the... two amazing Pat Travers albums, you know, and <laughs> I like I don't know if you guys probably don't listen to Pat Travers, but I love Pat Travers. He's a great guitar player, um, but they're not intricate. It's not intricate playing. So everything with Nico, it, it's kind of his playing's always been kind of dry to me. 
you know, he, he's been good, but I, I don't know. There's something about his playing that always leaves me wanting more. And it's weird because I think he came, how did it go? He came from a French band called Trust. Mm-hmm. And then he left, but then Clive, and, and he joined Maiden, and then Clive like left and went to that band, just coincidentally. So yeah, it's just kind of, yeah. and then Bruce was in Samson, and then Clive, I think, was also in Samson early on. That's why that Best of the Beast family tree thing was insane, because yeah. it was like, there's so much connection between all these players, like with Adrian Smith and... It's it's nuts. Like Dave Murray and Adrian, like Adrian Smith used to be Dave Murray's like childhood friend or something, and he was in a band. I think his band was called Urchin, New Wave British Heavy Metal Band, and mm-hmm. he wasn't in the band yet. And that I mean, it was it's like I remember sitting there looking at that family tree and just being like, dude, what the? F-? And it reminded me of like the Deep Purple, yep. UFO, Logical Scorpions Dan- family tree, where it's like there's so many different members that were shared, you know, but. Nico, he's good. I, I don't. It's just if I'd give him like an eight out of ten, but Clive to me is like a solid ten out of ten. I think the thing too is like I mean the the guitars really. Uh, Maiden was a band too that the rhythm section is like really important, mostly because you get songs that are written by a bass player. It's one of the few bands where you have a band. The musical driving force in a band is a guy in the rhythm section. So I think that. Nico McBrain coming into the band is a really crucial thing because you're kind of right there with the bass player all the time. You're a big part of the sound. And I think that that's why he's always people, you know, criticizing when he has one drum beat. It's like, well, Steve Harris does that galloping kind of thing a lot. What other drum beat do you want him to play? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of the music. It's how it works, you know? If, if you don't like Nico's drumming, then you're probably kind of bored with Steve's bass playing, too after a certain point. I think that's why a lot of people fall off with Maiden because we'll get to that later. It's like the sound kind of plateaus. Whereas on the first two or three, like it's a bit more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, the players were just, weren't just following that one, that one leader musically, you know, at least I think so. But power slave, I think is a great record because that's the beginning of that kind of gelling formation with them. And, you know, two minutes to midnight ripper song, Still is great live. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, title track. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is a cool, another another song, too, that's long, like Phantom of the Opera was, but it's not boring. No, it's, it's awesome. It has enough movements. I saw I saw this tour, not back in the 80s, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like... They did a few it was years five back. years old, you know, front row. Now, uh, yeah, the one they did a few years, several... Probably like 10 years ago yeah, now at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. I remember when they did but that. But I saw it at Blossom, and... Uh, where they played the whole album from front to back, and it was great. I mean, it was, you know, sadly, and the only time I've ever seen Maiden ever. Um, but I was blown away, absolutely blown. And when they played "Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner," you just you weren't bored, even though it's a thirteen and a half, That's you know, almost fourteen minute song. Mm-hmm. It's bold to write a song that long. It's t- it's very hard to be progressive without losing. You know, they're really towing a fine line on these records. They start with Power Slave. They really kind of tease with it with Peace of Mind. But by Power Slave, like, you know, to Kip's point, that quintessential thing with Maiden, like, they start to really start with this kind of melodic European rock 
progressive kind of thing with the Uriah Heep kind of influences and melodies. They're still trying to keep that metal band edge. You know, they're towing. That's a hard line to walk. It's And they kind of did it really well for a few records, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, these are fucking gigantic. And I think, you know, we'll get to that. By Seventh Son, they start to really try to reach beyond metal. You know, they're also a huge band at this point. They're, like, starting to really blow up. And we I think we stopped at 84 for a new wave of British heavy metal. I think it was 84 or 86. It, I, I think, think I said 84. What do we say about Maiden, too, at that? Where it's like, they're kind of like an arena rock band at this point. They're fucking huge. Yeah. It's they, like we, well, they reached their biggest at that point. They've always been known to have these big, huge, epic album closers, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, even on the newer stuff. Which one that's is it? Good, good is stuff. it Empire of the Clouds? Is that the that's new like, I think like 17 minutes, 20 minutes or is something. Is that the last song? That's the last song from the... I, I, I couldn't get 17 to 20 seconds through it. Well, it is a little too long. <laughs> I like that song, but... You that's know, even, sure sitting through a song You know, like even that. back on like, uh, um, you know, Power Slave and... Um, some of these other albums, they do these, uh, you know, like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, yeah. uh, Alexander the Great. Yeah, stuff Alexander like the Great. These are all album closers that are long, <clears throat> epic, uh, yeah. drawn out. Songs. I, that's a good. That's a good eye. I never. I didn't notice that when I was listening through. They do end with the... almost all of their albums from that point to now have had. Yeah, and I don't know if everyone has, but I think most of them have had these long, epic album closers. Especially the, the I'm fine last with, several. Yeah, I'm know? fine with it as long as they can do. A good job of it. Um, I think that Power Slave is just like it's it's number two on my list um, of my no favorite albums me. of theirs. Really, Kip knows I have it hanging up in my living room. Yeah, no, fine, yeah, original one. Um, do you like the instrumental? <laughs> Say that again. Do you like the instrumental? Lost for words. I do. I like Power Slave a lot. Um, the three I have on on my list is uh, I I had to pick Aces High. I would go. Uh, yeah. two, I, I would go, I would go two minutes over his side. No, I, I, not even close. Yeah. I can't. Two two minutes to midnight is another song that I could never hear again really? for the rest of my life. That and one not give a I love. Shit about. Yeah, especially live. Yeah, on live after death. There's, Talk there's about so singing many, that live. There's yeah. a, there's like a a bunch of handful of Maiden songs that I just don't really care for, and that's in that. Group. Only thing I'll I say about live care. after death really quick. You're talking about Biano's voice and like Bruce's voice. Mm-hmm. The reason why I love live after death. Is Bruce's voice like shot, and he sounds like he has attitude? Mm-hmm. So go ahead. <laughs> so I picked Aces. Yeah. I uh, I love the song Power Slave. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, the title track. Yeah, that's a driving song, and I love that. The riff is yeah, And then rhyme. And I did. I picked rhyme. Yeah, you have to. I had to. No, I was saying I figured you'd pick the other instrumental, Lost for Words. Since you've already picked well, it. by this point, I have more options on yeah, songs because true. it's you know they're starting to get more. Melodic Dude, Flash and, the Blade. This the was a hard man. album. All everything from this album on was hard for me because now I like everything almost. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and hate the artwork though. I will say that on Power, Power Slave, Slave, never liked it. I always thought it was really stupid. Why? I just thought it was Power dumb. Slave. I think the artwork's dumb. I'm I sorry, think you're dumb. Oh, you're gonna get. I don't like the artwork for that. Well, fuck. Yeah. That's like that's I, I think it's the dude and it's stupid opinion. That's and it makes me angry. That's hey. to me. That's probably one of. I actually, as much as I think the the first three, four albums, I are iconic. Mm-hmm. This, I think, I like this better than those. I like the. I, I like that they kind of. It doesn't look as dark. No, but you it's know what cool I mean? as shit. But man. it's so cool with you know Eddie, 
being the you know the pharaoh or whatever yeah. i mean the whole album cover even as a kid i remember looking at that and just being like you ever seen the two minutes to midnight ep artwork yeah because i mean, I, I have yes i have the the special editions that came out years ago where they put double discs out and the second disc was like all the eps and the artwork on all those eps it was all They're good all awesome i mean the can i can i play with madness artwork Sick. that i posted on mm-hmm. i mean come on Best. it's they've always had really good imagery man yes they really have man i wish the two minutes to midnight because EP of, would have been the power slave cover who's the artist uh Derek riggs yeah well i drew a blank on that one fuck Derek riggs is like the maiden's uh oh my god i'm just completely losing the fucking thrash metal guy for what band? Oh, he did all the thrash metal albums. Um, um oh, Jesus Christ. You're talking you about like Megadeth's artist? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, oh my oh, god. Shit, I, don't I don't even know. I'm going to kill myself now. I can't even believe that. I was just looking at his shit on, on line too. This is going to piss me off so bad. When it comes to metal artists that, you know, um, or cover artists, mm-hmm. you know, Maiden, um, oh, Jesus Christ, this is this is totally gonna drive me nuts. Google I got Ed Repka, my God, he did Rust in Peace, Peace Cells, yeah. yes, he did, uh, Solstice, he's done Death, yes, God, I'm sitting here like he's done a ton of stuff, and I can't even think. He did Scream, Bloody Gore, and Leprosy, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Repka's awesome, man. And outside of... Now, I don't know this because I'm not... Again, I'm more of a priest guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Has Derek Riggs ever done anything outside of Maiden? It seems like I'm, Maiden is I'm the not, thing. I, I don't think he needs to. I'm not sure. I mean, that's kind of... That's I mean, like, they kept him busy. They fucking made an album that's cover like Plus for every Metallica, song they've dude. ever ri- yeah, written. Plus that has that Metallica contract. He's fine. Like, he doesn't... <laughs> he does not need your punk band anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's good. He's good. But uh, he did do accident. Oh, I yeah, guess I guess he did. I'm looking with some of the stuff he did. Like more, he did uh, Gamma Ray, Power Plant, Strat- Stratoberries, Derek Riggs. Oh, Maiden. Outside of Maiden, yeah. Okay. So he did uh, Accident of Birth. Okay, but Bruce that makes Dickinson. Sense. Yeah. There, which yeah. well, you well, can talk. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, if we're going chronologically, we go from Power Slave, Power Slave to Somewhere in Time, which could be. Again, this is another record I think a lot of people say is their favorite. Not not Laterno. He, yeah. which I don't understand. A, a buddy, a buddy, you know, that's yeah. on uh, the Brave Board. He hates. It. <coughs> he absolutely hates Somewhere in Time. I don't get it. I think that album, that album gives me goosebumps. There's something about like the Blade Runner ish cover. Yeah, and that it's like, like a the Where's 80s. Waldo cover oh my god you could sit there and stare at it forever if you take blade runner and you mix it blade runner and you mix it with like awesome 80s synthified prog metal uh yeah i'm fucking hooked uh caught somewhere in time wasted year sea of madness heaven can wait this is an album how you picked killers like favorite track on this album the fucking whole thing mm-hmm. so, so i'm gonna steal the deja on this one because this is this is like my this is the era of iron maiden that i come back to the most okay because i, I believe that this is 
for me personally, this is the album I listen to the most, aside from Brave New World. I don't believe there's a bad song on there. I yeah. love, yeah. I love the, um, I just love the sound of it. It's so eighties. Mm-hmm. It's Very. so eighties. Gives you the ride the lightning vibes. How it's, it sounds so eighties. It is so eighties. Definitely and it is so melodic. But they're it is you, so catchy. They're using guitar synths on this album. I love it. But doesn't Priest piss me off. Yeah, uses guitar synths on some of these, and I think it was to their detriment. Maiden did it, and was and it able works. and it, it works. works. And yeah. it works. They knew how to use it, and use it well. It, it worked. Glenn Tipton Did using not. no those guys. Murray, using, it was an early, you know, a deja vu Dave Murray track, dude. Where he kind of like, and that's an awesome. You know, it's you'd think that I. It gives you the vibe too of you know Kip and I especially like Blade Runner, post apocalyptic sci fi eighties. Mm-hmm. We get way into this kind of shit up through the eighties into the nineties. Hell yes, you know, Escape from New York, all that kind of like vibe. Right. I love this out al- this one album that I love the concept of so much that literally it could probably just be a band throwing acoustic guitars at a wall and I probably think it was <laughs> fucking cool. Right. Because of you know, but they do it so well with the guitar sense, the atmosphere, the the lyrics, the content, the art, everything just is such a fucking killer piece of eighties fucking metal. Absolutely. That I love I, this right. I think that this album and Seventh Son are like sister brother yes, sister albums. They are. They I go together. Perfectly, they sound similar. I believe mm-hmm. if you don't like one of those, you probably won't like the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not Power identical. Slave, Power Sleeve is a good bridge from. It's a perfect bridge from the first really four is. to the new stuff. Mm-hmm. These two are absolutely perfect. They were side made by for side. each other, yeah. in my opinion. And then afterwards, they start. To, well, in my opinion, they kind of jump ship after that. Well, but, they have a hard time juggling that rock. And but that pro- was the end of that era, yeah, Joe. The, the, you start yeah, to get right. into the yeah. 90s now. Yeah. You know, the, the times, the you whole had to change. You had to change. Yeah. Have you? I agree. I know Joe's not going to be into it, but have you heard the Wasted Years cover by Ryan Adams? Do you know who Ryan Adams is? I know who Ryan Adams is. I have not heard that cover. No. It's unbelievable. Well, first of all, I'm uh, huge, and I know that, you know, Nick, you know, one of my best buddies, Nick. He and I, he's like the only metalhead I know of that's a Ryan Adams fan. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Adams is like modern day Neil Young. Mm-hmm. Matt, I mean, he's an unbelievable songwriter, but he did Wasted Years. Interesting. Um, an acoustic it sh- cover. It shows the depth of the records. If they're reaching out to people outside. Yeah, it's great. I'll have to, before <laughs> I'll, I leave. I'll here. download it. I, I'll check it this out. Is an arrow, like it's really, really good. This is an era with these two records where you're right, they're brother and sister records. I think the reason why is. This is where you said there's two eras of Maiden. Mm-hmm. This is where they're two feet diving in the deep end, getting melodic. into prog, melodic. Yes. They've moved away from, we're long gone from the first record. by the, Oh, yeah. And I think that that's why you're right. A lot of people, if you love Seventh Son of a Seventh, mm-hmm. I'm one of those weird people where people would probably peg me as being just the it first is, two it records. It is strange guy. that you like but these I, two records. But I'll always say, because again, there's so many bands that I do like, so many you know, bands, especially from mm-hmm. other countries, that were very vastly influenced by stuff. I also love a lot of Japanese metal, which we may or may not eventually do something on. But like Anthem and bands like that, that were we really can do Japanese metal, <laughs> hugely influenced by these kind of records. And I think oh, that man. I also love bands like Genesis and stuff like that. I do too. So I this really is do. like, I mean, you, you like? I like Genesis. Do you like all Genesis? I like probably the lame genesis like uh like what's 80s the, yeah like um what do i got here uh i forget 
forget the name of the album. Out of, what is it? Uh, out of t- uh, uh, Something Ty, I can't remember. It's got all. It, it's got like four the or five hits, hits on yeah. it, man. I mean, right? There's something. You know, I I went back I think recently. It's called Out of Touch. I no, want to. No, am it. I wrong? Yeah, God, it might be. I don't know, but I, I went back recently and really tried to get into a lot of prog. Uh, Simply because invisible, invisible touch. Invisible yeah. touch. Invisible touch. <laughs> oh my Dude, god! Invisible. It's nothing touch. but nothing but a hit factor. But you know what? As as an '80s kid, I love Genesis oh, in the '80s. But I don't like Genesis. I tried to go back and get into because everybody's like, "Man, you like all this '70s stuff, and you like, yeah. you know, musicianship and stuff." You got to get into like King Crimson and. And there's bands I tried to get into, and I, I still, I will never be able to get into Rush, Genesis in the 70s, a lot of the later King Crimson stuff, Jethro Tull, mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. It's Big influence on Maiden Genesis. in a lot of these periods, and, you know, yeah, especially, especially Jethro Tull. And absolutely. Seventh Son is, like you said, the brother and sister records, I mean. Who was in Jethro Tull for a split second? Don't ask me. Type, I don't know. Tony Iommi. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Not really on anything, just in it for... Just but no, no, I mean, you could definitely hear... I think that there's synthesizers on almost every song on Somewhere in Time, mm-hmm. but they're not stupid, and they don't detract from the music. No, it's they still get a little heavy, away from metal on Seventh Son, yeah. I think that no, I, I think it's fucking metal as fuck. I think it's it just is got too. a strong. I can 80s see why people. I can it. see why it's divisive though, because the Seventh Son they really go. For a lot of people, off the deep end with the prog stuff. Oh, I love it. I man. love it. I Moonchild. Can I play with Madness? Is a great song, which should be annoying, but I still love it. Yeah. My favorite Iron Maiden song ever. Take a guess. The evil that men do. The evil that men do is yeah. the, that's a that's a well, banger, I mean, fucking banger track. Yes. And it's I, I so dramatic. Every song on it. Clairvoyant. Do that. Every single albums, song. Man. Well, I yeah. Only the good die young. In my opinion, you could take all the other Maiden albums out. Just give me those two, and I would be okay. I'm fucking with you. I, w- I would be okay because that is the era of Maiden I like I think the most. Infinite I love Dreams. That. Y'all didn't expect Joey to fucking come with the fucking <laughs> yeah. love for the Seventh Son. I we got never, it. We yeah. never agree, and this is something. Hell yeah, yeah it's weird. It is. It is weird. In fact, I'm getting ready to shut Narcast down because <laughs> there's no turning back. But I, you know, I. I don't know. I, I disagree with Joe about the keyboards, especially. Oh, they're on, fucking ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're fucking. I mean, they're I there. Like but the thing is, is that they're there, but it they're, it's still a heavy metal yeah, album. It's I agree. not I like agree with you on this. You know, it's not like it's not like they were. It's not over the top. It's what was going. <laughs> they on would have time. gone after Seventh Son in a really stupid direction if they wouldn't have. You know, I it, think it's well. It's not like Van Halen, nineteen eighty four, where it's basically, hey, I'm gonna. I'm gonna right. put the guitar down, and basically everything's gonna be like straight. You think keys. it would have gotten to that point? You think eventually they would have like if they no. wouldn't no, have gotten? They no, because Yannick Garris, they what you want. Yannick Garris has a real when he comes into the band has a real mm. rock. Yeah, but they put out no, no well, his stupid stage moves. Well, yeah, and no that prayer for the dying aside, was yeah. stripped away of all that stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, That's I, the imagine thing. if they wouldn't have gone the stripped down route and went more prog. I think they would have gone in a really. I would have loved it. I don't know. I mean. Actually, it's funny because they did once Bruce you know Bruce ended up back in the band. If they were going to, to me, just become completely prog, like pussified prog, which a lot of bands did in the 80s, like Rush, mm-hmm. which I 
I'm sorry, guys. I <laughs> absolutely cannot stand Rush. Yeah, I have my opinions. Feelings, so. I was just talking to Anthony. Anthony's a drummer. And I was just talking to him about Neil Peart and... You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm just yeah, not I'm, I'm not a fan yeah. at all. I yeah. just never have. I think he's... I understand the legendary, but when they get to the 80s, I don't understand how Rush fans can still like that shit. It's yeah, so it. wimpy. It's so <laughs> like... I, I don't get it. It blows my mind. But with Maiden... And look, dude, as much as I love Priest and I'm a, I'm a fanboy, there's no... In fact, I remember Kevin... That's uh you know comments on Narcast. Kevin is, has I think one of the greatest stories, and he can correct me if I'm wrong. But when he bought Priest Turbo, and put it in, and he said he threw. I, I think it was him that said he took it out, and threw it threw the record at the wall like three or four times, and it never broke. So he just put it back in the sleeve, and then just like whatever. <laughs> but I cannot. They use keyboards in a way that destroyed the sound. Now I love Turbo. I don't give a shit what anybody says like about it. Too. I think it has some great pre-songs on there, and if it didn't have that... Synthetic guitar- drums are a bit... Ugh. Yeah, I do, and I the do guitar synth like it. ruins it. Maiden did it on these two albums perfectly, because it was still heavy as shit. Yeah. I mean, the evil that... Ma- it, it still gallops. Everything is still very heavy. It still has it's that Maiden feel to it. Yeah, it's a bit... Yeah. Seventh Son is... I, it's weird when I think of everything Maiden, everything up to somewhere was like really dark to me. Um, even though I just said like the cover art for Power Slave is lighter, but mm-hmm. that album still there's like this evilness to it, this heavy metal, mm-hmm. and it's like that on Somewhere in Time. But for Seventh Son to me, I don't know something about it. It's probably Can I Play with Madness and some of the. Mm-hmm. It's a little. I don't want to say happier, but I still love it. It's like pure arena heavy metal. Yeah, was the peak of that '80s sound. Yeah. yeah, it was the peak, and it was it was the times at that time. You know what I mean? It yeah. was yeah. what people were doing, and they incorporated it into their. But they didn't metal. sell out at all with it. To me, it was like so many other bands got lighter because they wanted to sell out. Of Saxon being one of them, which I think Saxon, if we're going to be honest here, I think has a better discography than both of these bands combined. That's yeah, why more consistent. More sure. Saxon to me if I were to pick those three the, the dismember the, of like that the, rock era. The three big British bands mm-hmm. from the metal bands, Saxon Priest Maiden, for me it goes Saxon Priest Maiden, like that in that order. Mm-hmm. But Saxon totally totally on Innocence is no excuse and then well, on their Destiny album. We know my they started, yeah, my 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 if I had to go and it's, it's a good precursor to a No Prayer for the Dying because here's my issue with No Prayer for the Dying. Kip knows my favorite of all those British bands of that era, any era, is Motorhead. We all know it. I'm not going to you know go into it. There's mm-hmm. a, an episode on that where I jerk off for two and a half hours over it. You can <laughs> listen to that if you'd like. But I think on No Prayer for the Dying, they try to strip down the sound and do what bands like Motorhead have been doing since 1977. And they fucking miss the ball completely because mm-hmm. no prayer for the dying i love love uh fate's warning great band great song title on there i think it's a great song i love hooks and you uh, mother russia is a cool track um and the title track uh, no prayer for the dying is cool holy smoke is the dumbest corniest song <laughs> ever in life where bruce dickinson is trying his hardest to like 
oh, we're going to strip down the sound. We have Yannick, and we're going to do like a first two records. And he tries to have that attitude, and yeah. it comes off horribly so, corny. So because of this podcast, I went back. I already knew the albums that I loved. You know, and I didn't really have to go. So what I try to do when we do, I try to go back and listen to the ones, regardless of what band we're doing or style, I I go back and listen to albums that I don't listen to that much. Mm -hmm. I started with this one. Oh my god! The tracks I like on it, oh, I wait. love. I love. There, the there tracks isn't I like. one yeah. fucking Hang song on I like on this. Song. Can we go back really? for a minute and go back to somewhere in time and say, yeah, go ahead. Nobody, nobody went and listed. Oh yeah, we did. I said I just said the whole fucking album. I don't. That's my pick. But if I had so to pick it's one, it's what you're sticking with. I'll stick with Deja Vu as the the standout. Give favorite. me three. Of somewhere in time. Yeah, pick three. I know it's tough. I'm gonna go Deja Vu number one. Sea of Madness. Okay. And. I want to go title track, but I'm going to go Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Solid. You? Wasted Years, only because that guitar part. Oh, dude. That gets me every time. And, yeah. Wasted Years. Um, I And I love lo- uh, Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. Absolutely love it. And I would probably go... I'd probably go caught somewhere in time. I can actually do without Heaven Can Wait, only because I don't like Heaven Can Wait, Heaven Can Wait. It just seems, I like the song, but... Um, wait for another day. It's true. Yeah. Show, to- show toony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's show toony. Yeah. It's very Bruce. Yeah, it is. It's a very Bruce... Uh, what about he's, you? Uh, he's something. This was so hard, man. But the three that I picked uh, out of all of them were caught somewhere in time loneliness and deja vu fuck yeah deja vu is the best i wish they would play the last two more you know deja yep. vu loneliness because I, I think they those, those songs are just i wish they would do man. a tour with that somewhere in time oh my like god the, like somewhere they did with with yeah Oh my god! Yeah, just man. do it like now, like what they did with Power Slave I go to recently. A minimum of five days. You said you only you only one track on No Prayer, really? Fate's Warning is a great. Well, track. let's go to Seventh Sun first. Let's go to Seventh Sun. Hold on. So go. What, what do you got? Oh, seven, oh, well, the Evil That Men Do is my favorite Iron Maiden song of all time. All right, so that's your. Given. I that's my number. That's my given. And if I had to go two more, only the good die young. Oh man. And I would go uh, Moonchild. I think it's a great album. <laughs> it's so like it's again it has that happy kind of like yeah. It, it's it should su- this should suck like this, I should this, put this era on and makes be like, this me so happy stupid. like I, yeah, I, I get it. so happy when I listen to these two records. Like, and can I play so with great. madness? Is is so annoying, but I like it. It's so catchy. That video is ridiculous too. By the way, if anybody's ever seen the music yeah. video for that, the beginning <laughs> sounds like a fucking like. Like a '80s pop song. Like, Can I play with, with madness? It's a so fucking '80s. What about you? What's your infinite dreams? Oh yeah, oh, dude. Man, dude. God, that's like the most metal. That's like a the, the one you could yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you. As much as people love Hallowed. I go Infinite Dreams over Hallowed. I love Infinite Dreams. I mean, hey, that's, I'm that's a, a but it's cut. hard because Hallowed's amazing, but. 
I love it. Uh, Deep Cuts Myers, you know? The st- title track, Seven Sun. Yes. Gotta go with that. and only. Uh, with, only... They need to stop repeating that. That's again where it's like they repeat that it chorus. Is, uh, Dude, I, yes. Way too fucking Seven Sun of a Seven. Oh, uh, Razor seven, Fist. Razor seven, Fist on YouTube. Seven, calls, seven. Razor Fist calls it Seventh Chorus Repeat of a Seventh Chorus Repeat <laughs> and fucking hates this record. If you want a good rant, if you hate this record, which I'm sure some of you do, you want to talk to somebody or watch something where somebody shits on it, go to Razor Fist's website or his YouTube page. He does a whole maiden thing. He goes through the whole discography. His seventh son rant will wet your, will cleanse your palate of whatever love. <laughs> I'm sure we're there's giving. plenty of people that don't. Oh like yeah, this a lot of people hate it. Like they. That's okay because uh, they're wrong. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> way wrong. I mean, they're so they're fucking wrong. Yeah. Uh, and then I had only the good die young because that's that's mm. yeah that's classic. I those go. Are, those are the three. I go infinite, um, evil that men do, and probably the clairvoyant. It's a great track yeah, too. I was gonna one. pick that, but. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's go to the shit albums. Let's do I, it's, it. It's, it's, it's not shit. It's not. There's a few. The, the problem with No Prayer for the Dying is, again, they failed to strip down the sound on this one. It's there's the songs well, I that think are good losing are good. Adrian Smith really hurt hurt them bad. I think that Adrian Smith is to me is the key to great. Maiden, These are the Yannick albums, million. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is where yeah, it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they true. try to get more rock. Because Yannick Gare's coming from, I mean, played in, you know. White Spirit. White Spirit. What a goofball, that motherfucker. He's goofy. He was yeah, in, I think stage? he was in. Jesus Christ. I think he was in uh, that Gog Magog, which is what Deanna yeah. went to. It was like kind of a super group of sorts. Yeah. Did he do something? Um, with... I think Pete Willis from Def Leppard was in that band. I think he was in. I can't remember. Wasn't it uh, he's, somebody's solo band he was in also? Uh, who was it? Adrian Smith cares. was in uh, Bruce Dickinson's solo. Uh, uh, Gillen, yeah, yeah Ian, Ian Gillen, Gillen that's right. yeah, he was in. But I, I think, I think the title track, I think Fate's Warning and and Hooks and You are cool songs. Um, but the rest of it, I think it just kind of it it misses the mark. It doesn't have like you were saying. It doesn't have that. Um, they had already defined themselves on so many classic records with that melodic kind of leaning with prog sound that when they went to this, it's too much of a leap. Dude, come on! The song you know, "Public Enema" number yeah, one. Yeah, really bad. That's a that's a dud. Bring your daughter to the slot. Which I hate oh. that song. I've always hated that that's song. That's a terrible song. Really bad. What a drop off from Seventh Son, though. In my yeah, opinion. it is. Oh I mean, yeah. Oh my god! Talk about a this letdown. is like okay. You know, like Sepultura from Let's not Beneath the right Remains, yeah, or or from Schizophrenia to Beneath the Remains. Yeah. That, like. Going straight up. Tread lightly. By yeah. The what way. Are you, where are we going? I'm having my ear really. I'm I'm puckered. <laughs> <laughs> no, going from schizophrenia to beneath. Yes. It's the opposite from okay. Seventh right, Sun right, going right, yes. down. I thought we were going to get a Chaos AD anti thing, and I was about to just. I thought I was anti. about to get. I, 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 I love good. Chaos right, AD. Yeah. I'm with you guys. I, I thought I was say. about to get into a roots fight with somebody here, and I don't want to do that. Okay, right well, now. well, fuck off. We, we we're can, not going we can, that far. Yeah. Like that's like let's need, not let's not do this. Let's not let's save this for another day. I'm gonna let's just not. But that, to me, no, I think you're right. The drop off in terms of quality was Huge like what? I, just, <laughs> I dude, like, and this is the one. Like I was saying, trying to go back and listen to stuff that I I made it through the whole album, which I can't say for any of the reunion albums other than Brave New World. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, it's not this hard to get. Sh- it's not like, hard to get I, through I a no forty-four problem. minute album as opposed to a four and a half hour <laughs> fucking. This is shit. 
There isn't one good song. It's a bad record. It's a bad record. I disagree. There's a few good songs, but they're not anything compared to what was before or what came after. It, relatively speaking, it's a bad record. I gotta go with Kip. It's a bad record. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's <laughs> objectively, it's bad. No, there are it a few is. Good, yeah. It is. I, I'm not like, gonna argue that. It's not a great record. I had No Prayer for the Dying. I had Tail Gunner and Mother Russia. Those were the three best. Mother Russia is a cool with. track. Yeah. It's different. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I I think that Yannick Ayers. Yeah, maybe that's a song that they already started before he came in. Probably. Who knows? I, at this point, it's just. Can we go Ugh. to Fear of the Dark? Because I love this record. Can yeah, we do that? Let's, let's get away from No Prayer. Let's get away. I love Fear of the Dark. I picked it as my favorite only because of the nostalgic reasons. I fucking love this record. Uh, love Fear of the Dark live. It's my favorite live track. Well, Fear of the Dark is like going back. That, yeah. That track, to me, was kind of going back to the epic songs of you know before no prayer for the dying yeah. where it was and it, i think it was actually i think it was raising hell that was the the pay-per-view because i think it was after this and i think it was called i might be wrong and some people listening probably they can absolutely correct me on it but i remember seeing the pay-per-view like iron maiden i think it was raising hell and that's they did it i think for the bbc it was broadcast over there and then it was mm-hmm. on the pay-per-view here and i never got it but i remember seeing the ads for just being like oh my god you know Mm -hmm. and but fear of the dark yeah i mean i don't think you're gonna get an argument from if if you don't no if you see that live and you're there when they play that song and you don't get goosebumps oh yeah with the crowd singing it then you're pretty much dead yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah you got issues i think that you know aside from that from that title track, Be Quick or Be Dead. From Here to Eternity is another great song. Afraid Issue, Strangers, Fear is the Key, mm-hmm. Fugitive, Childhood's End. I like Judas Wasting Be My Love. Guy. Judas My Guy is an amazing so, track. This is my take on this album. I feel like No Prayer for the Dying, they stripped away everything that I love about Iron Maiden mm-hmm. up to that point. They took it away. <laughs> oh, they totally and they, did, yeah. and they made a rock and roll record, and it just uh, sucked. They, it, they it, made it, something they thought was a rock and roll record. <laughs> right. But it, it, it was everything I, everything I liked about them was taken away. Now with Fear of the Dark, I feel like they kind of added some of those elements back mm-hmm. in where they started mm-hmm. to get more melodic again, but it still has that Edge. No Prayer for the Dying yeah. stuff. Um, 90s vibe to it right however as much as I don't really care for this record I feel like there's a couple of songs where I feel like they're their strongest songs ever yeah which is strange especially live it's like a 50-50 toss up album where I think some of it's junk and some of it's pure gold I Mm -hmm. think it's perfect it toes that it it captures like you said there's always two worlds to made in the rock beginnings and those melodic This actually does blend the two the best they've ever blended those two. See, I don't think it blends them the best. I think it blends them the worst, where there's so much of a contrast between their two sounds. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The melodic songs are ultra melodic. It's like pick one. Yes. Yeah. And then their rock and roll songs are like, okay, we're doing rock this. Yeah, you feel like they were kind of lost. Right. So they're bouncing between these two styles. The three songs I pick, one of them I think is my favorite Maiden song ever, Afraid to Shoot Strangers. That's a great song. I mean, it can they a play, topic too. Unbelievably topical. melodic yeah. and epic. They I, played those, that a lot with uh, Blaze Bailey. 
He actually does barely any singing in that song. It's just like guitar leads and shit for five minutes straight. Hey, Blaze, we're going to play this one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to go get water or something. Please, they're throwing stuff at me. Like, this fucking gig sucks, man. Why'd I join this fucking band? Dude, that song, man, I'll never forget hearing that song for the first time. Talk about goosebumps, dude. Yeah. The leads and harmonies are just the most epic oh, yeah. thing I've ever heard. I'm like, oh my god, I love this song. And then I listen to the rest of the record, and I'm like, well, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? But Fear fear the... You, you can't think and talk about this record without bringing up the title track. Yeah. It's probably one of their most iconic I, songs. Judas, my guy. It's though. a staple in their oh live set. It is a staple. And the third song is Judas Be My Guy. That song, I mean... Oh, yeah. That... I, I don't even know how to explain that song. I was listening to it before you guys came over. It's so queer, but I love it. Man. Oh yeah, it's dude! Such a, it's such a catchy song. It's it's dramatic. There, Bruce said it, he's dramatic. Yeah, you know this is a guy that like was so influenced by Freddie Mercury and was really close to him. He has a song on this record about his death. He, you guys all a, like that song, right? Oh yeah, fuck I'm not yeah. alone. Judas, yeah, fuck yeah. I love the yeah, whole record. I just okay. said I love it. <laughs> this is my, I love this Judas, whole record. Judas, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. It's it's it it reminds me of the catchiness of Seven Sun. Yes. Where it's like you should be like, eh, this is really mm-hmm. cheesy, but I think it's just well done and I it think does. it's a really good tune. It's so. a good tune. It kinda almost has that early nineties vibe to it, that mm-hmm. queer vibe to it, but like it's done really well. It's a very well written song and it's catchy as shit too. I love that song. Those those three songs on that album, I could take away all the other tracks and I'd be okay. Give me those three. Be quick. I'll be dead. <laughs> be dead. All right. Oh, God. Are we moving on to yeah. the... Right. Hey, man. Well, X-Factor. you got to talk about, you know... See you guys in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to take a picture. Intermission hit. So, so we got, obviously, coming up. First, you have, you know, Deano out in 81. In comes Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Dickinson out in 93. Yep. And then in comes Blaze Bailey. Who's a good singer. Yeah, and I don't mind. Look, I, I think that he was the wrong singer. He uh, Coming from Wolfsbane, which it was weird. I always thought Wolfsbane was like a British version of Danzig. And yeah. I think it was just because they were on Deaf American and Rick Rubin produced uh, the first album. But I love those first two Wolfsbane albums. I think they're just straight heavy metal. Yeah, you know, um, he would he would have done Blaze Bailey did, would have done really well if they just did tours for the first two records, which they couldn't at this point. You're such mm-hmm. a bigger band. He doesn't have a lot of range, so he would have done his his solo stuff after Maiden, um, whether it's Blaze or Blaze Bailey. It's really good, just straightforward heavy yeah. metal, power metal. That's what I'm saying. The guy, he's a bad maiden singer, but a good metal singer. Yeah, and I don't. And nobody's in. A, nobody's gonna replace Bruce Dickinson. He's such. No. A, he's such a voice. With whether you like it or the more or not, you know whether you agree or whatever. With if it's your taste or not, the band evolved to a point where he's really the only guy that can sing in that band. Yeah, which I they mean, quickly you realized. can't. You know, with Priest getting Ripper Owens. Ripper can belt out some tunes, and I think yeah. that Ripper can now sing the tunes, older tunes, better than Halford, yeah. only because yeah. of age. And I don't fault people for. And we'll get into 
the way Bruce sounds now and what I think of it, but you you can't. Blaze is there's no way he's gonna sing that '80s stuff like no. Bruce sings. There's absolutely no way whatsoever that he's going to. And it's like, and I don't mind the X Factor album cover. That's cool. Um, I just don't think that there's one good song. I think some people say "Sign of the Cross." They play it live. They play it live. Yeah, I've heard it live. And oh, it just. It's a bloated album. I can't stand it. It's here's why it's really influential, though. And here's my here's why I want to bring up this point to Biello earlier. <clears throat> this is the first up to this point. Maiden, all the records were around between forty and fifty minutes. The early albums being barely forty. Uh, <coughs> this is the first album that's over an hour long. Which is a trend that they would definitely keep oh, God. going forward. Where <laughs> the problem with Maiden that I have, where you say like you like the prog stuff, reason why I love Fear of the Dark, it to me it blends that progier side with the rock side, without getting now when Maiden was at their best with their prog stuff on Seventh Son to mm-hmm. me, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son clocks in how long at only 44 minutes and five seconds how many songs is it seven yeah seven songs? and, and yeah. they get which is my point that they were able they can do pro they've proven it with their albums they can do prog long songs that we've talked about these lengthier well, straightforward it's, it's not <clears throat> yeah. when they get into like doubling that time they're just f- yeah. filling it with the, crap the problem with x factor is just <laughs> that there's those long acoustic parts and then it, it's things drag and just because your song is nine minutes long doesn't mean it's progressive. It probably means you don't know when to stop playing a certain riff. <laughs> and just fu- and that's something that now, they, the problem I have with Modern Maiden isn't that it's new or that there's no Edge or Bruce. It's that the songs don't have, there's nobody behind the booth that's telling them this song needs to be structured differently. You can do this prog. Yeah, because stuff, this but is the it. era of yeah. Steve Harris pretty much. He's always been Maiden's brainchild, but this is like the era to me that he pretty much just completely took over. And you can hear it, because I think this also starts the 35-minute songs with the 30-minute fucking bass intro. Oh, God, Which is, I'm like, get to the point. I, I'm like, ev- it's, oh, my God. And it's even worse on the newer albums. And, again, I don't... I absolutely don't uh, fault Blaze Bailey at all. I think he was given... If somebody came up to you and said, do you want to sing for Iron Maiden? Obviously, you're going to say yes. But it was kind of, it's kind of a shitty situation because you're going to follow Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Eh, you better have some good vocals. or <laughs> I do get... like the Klansman on Virtual Eleven. Uh, oh, my God. Are we actually moving? Do you have favorite songs on X Factor? No. No, I don't. No. That's the only song I picked that I like from these two records. I had to pick. I wanted to pick one because I didn't want to be so negative. We wanted to just. No, I, I wanted know. to be that negative. I just don't. So I, don't. I can. Right, I don't I'll tell to you my, my story of going into. I went into um, a record store in Canton at the time. It was called Checkered Records, and he had Virtual Eleven. It just came out that day. You have one copy of it, and. I'll buy it. Obviously, I'm a Maiden fan. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the X Factor, but this one looked more 
like a Maiden album cover yeah. to me, you know. I remember get putting it in and oh my god. I it literally felt like I was being raped. <laughs> it was it's so horrible. The Angel and the Gambler is quite literally one of the worst songs I've ever fucking heard in my entire yeah, life. Rough. It is so bad. I, the album itself I think that this, uh, The X Factor and No Prayer are neck and neck with Let being the shittiest albums. At this albums. point, who's even in the band anymore? Is Adrian Smith still out? Yannick Garrison. Yes, yeah, it's, it's basically everybody but So it's, it's Nico, Dickinson. It's, uh, Yannick. Yannick, it's Dave Murray and... Uh, Steve Harris. Well, yeah, of course. All right. Uh, well, anyway. Um, but, yeah. but no, Dickinson, though, leaving the band... Dickinson put out <laughs> way better shit. Well, even far. while he was still in, he had tattooed, tattooed billionaire, or millionaire. millionaire. Yeah, so very a cool. Uh, and didn't Yannick play on that as well? No, Adrian. Smith Adrian Smith did. did yeah. I don't know if yeah. Yannick did, but Adrian Smith was part of, and, and I think still is part of his solo, you know, band. He definitely was on uh, Accident of Birth, which is why Accident of Birth, and I'll say this is better. Than any Maiden album post Seventh Son. Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll get into why in a second. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's wrong. But Accident it is a very good album. This oh, I like Scream for Me Brazil in the I personally, I, I prefer, yeah. I prefer uh, The Chemical Wedding. That's my favorite. Chemical Wedding's cool. And Dude. I would put The Chemical Wedding up with most Maiden records from the. Um, I remember only buying Scream. Uh, I, mean, I bought uh, Scream for Me Brazil because I loved. Um, it was actually Tim Wendorf mm-hmm. gave me a few Bruce Dickinson. So what, he accident or he, chemical he gave me wedding? accident, Yana, chemical wedding, and scream for me dude, Brazil. Yannick was on tattooed. And um, was he? Yes, Yannick was. See, I thought it was only Adrian Smith. No, I think Adrian Smith came back for accident of birth, and there's a reason why. Adrian's on chemical wedding too. Yeah, but that's after accident. Yes, that's yeah. the one after. Um. But it's because of Roy Z. I think that yeah. that that dude took Dickinson, and I, I think those albums. I don't like. I I stand by was like I've said it a million times on the Brave Board. Solo Bruce Dickinson blows away Reunion era Maiden. I think that the I would agree with you if it weren't for Out of the Silent Planet. Oh man, Love Brave New World. This album, I, if this album didn't exist, I would wholeheartedly agree with Kip, but I do love me some Brave New World. It's dramatic. It's so dramatic. Uh, do you like Queensryche? Because I think Iron Maiden does, because this album sounds a hell of a lot like Queensryche. Almost to the point of near plagiarism. Overrated but, New World? Is that what they Oh, know? man. Oh, wow. come on, man. I'm some Kip. No man. I don't know many people that Mercenary? don't like this record. Honestly. It's okay. Even old school Maiden fans tend to like this record. Dude, Liquor man. I think it's our age. We got really. Dude, into this was, we were, the, this this was right was, when we were really getting into Maiden. I was fifteen I was, years old when this came out. This was yeah. the album for me. This is when a new I album for me this, too. I was, Dude, I was, I was so stunned. pumped that Bruce Dickinson was back. I mean, this is after. Yeah. Um, this was in between Chemical Wedding and. Yeah, and the very last one I can't remember the name of the, of the this coming song. out when we were teenagers. Yeah, because they did. He actually was in Maiden again when he did that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
This coming out when we were teenagers and death covering Painkiller, I think, are the reasons why we love these two records so much. That there's so much a part of my... I associate this record so much with childhood. This is high school for me. That I almost really, like... It's not my favorite, but I love it. Oh, yeah. Because I remember so much seeing them on this tour. I have so many memories. Yeah, so many memories. Driving in your car with it all the time. I played this album We played the fuck out. I also got into this record. This is also when I was really into Deceased for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I remember having, like, a conversation with their guitar player, like, you know, on Mm -hmm. AIM and Semester about how stoked we were about it. Mm -hmm. And it was... Fuck it. It's it's a cool. It was a return to form. It really is so much energy coming back, Dude. especially after those two abysmal fucking records. Dude, they put out a you know? decade mm-hmm. of bullshit, and then all of a sudden they get three guitar players. Bruce comes back, and it's inspired. They they took a different approach almost, yeah. and it was rejuvenated. If Everything only about they would have broken up is... right after. It, dude, I'll, I'll give you this. It would have been a great album to yeah. go out on. Yeah. It really would have. I mean, because I hold this and in, in, uh, Somewhere in Time as my two favorites. So if they ended on this. Rock and Rio, too. Shit. Kevin Haynes and I used to watch that when I lived with Kevin. It's okay. Nightly. Yeah, it's okay. It was, uh, you know, Maiden's always kind of, we haven't talked about live albums. Like, each era has its live They do them like once every five yeah, they, years. Yeah. yeah. My favorite well, live album, though, I would have to say, if we're going to go one favorite live album, I go... Uh, Donington. Not gonna pick Live After Death, only because uh, I think that I love so many songs. I want to hear Live After. You know, well that was yeah. So I, I go uh, Donington only because they play everything. You know, but that's mine. <laughs> I obviously Live After Death. Um, if we're gonna hit the live albums real quick. I like Live After Death, the real live one, real a real dead one, Live at Donington, and then I, I pretty much stopped there. But I do go back um, also to the um, uh, Live at the Rainbow with oh yeah with Deanna Deanna, which was probably I as much as I love the Deanna era, I I like it second under Live After Death because Live After Death is so iconic. But I, uh, I don't, I don't know, guys. This is where, you know, again, I'm not going to shit on Maiden. You know, um, I get why people love Brave New World. I get it. I mean, I bought it the day it came out because I was so pumped that Dickinson was back in. Mm-hmm. It's like when you know Halford got back into Priest. I thought, oh my god, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a good album, but I don't. For me, I don't think it stands up to. Accident of birth or chemical wedding at all. I don't even think I don't even think it touches it. And I think it's because everything that Bruce did solo wise, even Skunk Works, which is a different album, mm-hmm. it's very different. Um, but I can't re- God, I can't remember the one the one song that's on that album that's so different. Um, but it's amazing. Um, Balls to Picasso, mm-hmm. I think is a really cool album. Tears of the Dragon. Oh, what a song! That song's great. Is man. it that song is to me better than any song Maiden has released since Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. That's it. Period. And it's, I, I I can't. And the album's weird. It's not. What album are you talking? About? Balls to Picasso. Yeah, it is a strange album. It's weird, and that's I think that's why I like. Tattooed Millionaire is a little more poppy, mm-hmm. you know. Balls to Picasso, totally weird. Skunk Works, even different. Mm-hmm. 
Accident of Birth, Chemical Wedding, and Tyranny of Souls. Those last three, he started to go back in that metal direction. Yeah, especially... He started to go back in that metal I think that's Iron why Maiden he got direction. back in Iron Maiden. I mean, yeah. he was ready to do it again. Yeah, well, well, by I, Chemical Wedding, he was already a year later, a year or two later, I think he was went two back. two years later, yeah. yeah. And then, or I mean, uh, Tyranny of Souls, he wasn't Maiden at that Dude, point. Dude, when Accident of favorite, Birth... Uh, what is your favorite Brave New World track? My, the three I picked over here are Out of the Silent Planet, <sighs> Dream of Mirrors, and I... Top one of my top five favorite Iron Maiden songs of all time is the thin line between love and hate. Oh yeah, that's the closer, the epic closer. Another epic where they did the went back to the epic. uh, Just spin the wheel and pick a song on that album for me. I don't give a fuck what it is. Very melodic. Oh, it's very melodic. It's it's maybe a bit. It's maybe a bit happy to be here. It has no edge, but I think they didn't need it at that point. That's probably their most proggy album. Yeah, they go off on these. Two, three, four minute long tangents in the middle of but these songs. But they keep songs. your attention. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. It's an album that's really... over an hour, but it actually, yeah. they should have like had a few of those. Dude. What do you, what, when we get, after this, I'm not going to lie to you, I, it all kind of blends together. I know for you me. two don't care. Yeah. I care mm-hmm. a lot after this. That's why we had you on, because I want to know yeah. what you love about the newer. So do you want me to go, go into ahead. this right go now? Ahead. Or do you ain't going to get anything from me out of this era. I mean, go I'll, ahead, because I'm just going to keep talking about Solo. <laughs> I mean, we can, we, I'm just going to be keep like... talking about that. I love I love Solo Bruce anyway, but I mean, I'll, I'll cover these last four albums. I think there's some really good stuff in well, there. You, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to. and Because it's like I said earlier, I, I'm glad that you like the newer stuff, mm-hmm. because I think if it was just up to Joe and I, we'd end the podcast, and it would yeah. be kind of incomplete. And so, with you being, you know, a fan of the newer stuff, that sell us on New Iron Maiden. If you had to sell, well, it. I don't think I'm going to be able to sell either one of you guys on on Newer Iron Maiden because I think the things that you really enjoy about Iron Maiden, respectively, are now to a minimum. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, except live, I mean, they are still a good well, live. Band. Dude, you could take anybody to a live Iron Maiden show and they're going to have a good time. Yeah. Well, otherwise, they're yeah, just I mean, socios. Like That's like why people fucking... see, keep seeing Kiss live, even though they're probably... You don't need to like Iron Maiden. <laughs> I took yeah. fucking Jessica to see Iron Maiden. Yeah. She had a good time. We went all the way right. to Detroit. Like, I say about Metallica, it's like people you know? shit... I shit on Metallica more than anybody, but I'll tell you something right now. You go see that band live, they're going to kick your ass with going, some Master of Puppets You're not songs. going to a concert. You're yeah. going to a show exactly. at that point. You're seeing... A, a production. Metallica, you can vouch, yes. does they kill those old songs? It yeah. sounds like you're listening to Kill 'em All. Like, I don't know how they do it, but they teleport you right back to 84 on Ride the Light. Yeah. And mean, it's weird. And then you wonder to yourself, like, and now I'm pissed again because now yeah, I know you can you make rec- Yeah, why aren't yeah. you? Do, do you proven you can do it? Well, I just fucking heard it, you know? Yeah, that's a totally different yeah, it is. topic. But so there's, there's four albums after after Brave New World and um, I really don't think that there's a bad one in the bunch there's certain ones that I tend to gravitate more uh, than others I believe Brave was like their their uh, climax with Bruce back in the band mm-hmm. and after that it, it kind of goes down Dance of Death was the next one and it, there's a couple of songs on there that I really like but ultimately it's my least favorite of the reunion era Maiden albums. Mm-hmm. I know some people that really love that album a lot. But yeah, I'm not one of them. Um, a matter of life and death. For some reason, I remember Kevin Haynes really liking. This oh album yeah, yeah. A lot. He had a. I think he had a picture of it on yeah, his wall. Yeah, he, he really was. I'll into say this one. really quick. Dance of Death is where I was out. Yeah. Because I, that was I bought, a letdown album for me. I honestly. bought Brave New World and I dug it. I didn't dig it as much mm-hmm. as Accident of Birth or Chemical Wedding. 
I thought that there was just better Bruce coming out than, mm-hmm. you know, that Maiden had to offer. Um, I bought Dance of Death. I mean, I'm a metalhead. What a terrible I, cover, a, by the oh way. My oh, my God. God. <laughs> That's that whole era of just, like, <laughs> shitty computer graphics. No. It's so bad. Looks like it's made by, like, a ninth grader. It still makes film. me upset when I look at that album cover. But I, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, and I, I couldn't even tell you. I bought it and just was like, I don't give a shit. Like, the production, Kevin Shirley. Dance of Death, he had the poster on, by the way. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Shirley. Life and death too. Yeah, Kevin Shirley destroyed that band. Yeah, sound. he sure did. Well, no, dude, I the production on Brave New World is really Kevin good, Shirley man. sucks. But Kevin, like I told Kip, man, the guy's taking a pay. Kevin Shirley gets paid to be a glorified knob pusher, where he's he has no say. In the, the Kevin Shirley's there to be a yes man and to not tell this oh, band. Joe, at this point in their career, nobody's telling yeah, exactly. them what to do That's anymore. Somebody's that, saying, "Oh, okay, exactly. record buttons yeah. on, have a go." The, at there's it. a, there's it's a, okay. Like you said, bands reach a point where you stop being a band and you start being an institution. They're just doing whatever the hell right. they want you, at this point. The the sound is so formula, so formulaic by now that I wish they go in there with a young brash producer that's going to tell them like. Nope, need this. This sucks. But they're so beyond that they're not gonna listen to anybody. No. That's but here's what, the thing: no, they he did okay. <laughs> he did to that band what I think Bob Rock did to Metallica. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it was that drastic. And, and, and I think oh, I do. I, well, I think it's I think and it's I think right up there with Kip. I agree. What Mutt Lang did to Def Leppard. Fuck yeah. So Kevin Shirley is a rock and a, a rock producer, and he produced Journey's Trial by Fire album that I think is absolutely perfect in production wise for journey for journey yeah and i think that if you listen to bob rock production the self-titled crew? the self-titled motley crew album yeah. is probably like one of the Feel best good, produced dr feelgood and yeah the production on metallica's black album is good but it's not it's not metallica production right you know and the same being yeah mutt lang is a great producer but I just I was talking with a, a buddy of mine, uh, Rob from Canada, um, the other night. We were talking for an hour about this Motley Crue coming back and touring with Def Leppard and Poison and Joan Jett. We were just like, care. I care. We were shitting on it. Like, Have you seen them? Like videos yes. of them? Oh my god! But we we start talking about we start talking about Leopard and Mutt Lang and all that, and how producers will change a band's sound. And Kevin Shirley has absolutely taken Maiden Sound and just sucked the life out of it. I totally disagree what with life you. Is there? What life is there? Are they writing no. songs that have... Dude, he's not, you guys, no... you guys, I, I think you're wrong. Like, I think you're straight, wrong, you son of a bitch. Up, I think you're straight up wrong, man. No, they, that's why, that's why at, we love it. Look at all the examples that you Snarkass, just gave. Yeah. The, those examples, those albums that you just that you just cited are like drastic changes to the, to the band's prior sound. I mean, they... Dude, Iron Maiden didn't fucking do a black album here. Iron uh, Maiden, um, Iron Maiden had Kevin Shirley come in. I mean, I think Joe's right on this. He probably just pressed the fucking record it's button. It's a gig. And they, I'm and happy they, the guys making money, whatever dude. The hell, they you ain't telling Steve Harris. What, the problem is you're not telling him. No, but what they need is somebody to be like. So it's a lack of somebody giving them. Oh, the direction. direction, but they're not going to take it. I don't they're... think it was Kevin Shirley coming in and, and saying, "This is what we're you're going to." You don't sound walk like. into a, You don't walk into do. an institution and tell them how to make a record. They're no. going to be like, "You're here to shut up and just like just collect that the paycheck." That motherfucker dude. just pressed record yeah, but and they played the whatever the hell they wanted. 
on the production on Brave New World is is better. The production on Fear of the Dark is better. I think that he I think he honestly has a lot to do with it. Yes, it's Steve Harris. I think he gets thing. a lot of money to take the blame. And that's maybe that's but you know part of the problem. He just, guy. Ugh, God, I, I hear these new songs and I know like and you know we'll get to the final frontier because you know my buddy Nick, good buddy said cool yeah, it's cool artwork, and he said that when the wild wind blows and yes. star star blind. Yes, those are hey, so. I went. Songs. People love it, man. I'm not my. And I tried to. I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh my god. I I, I can't do it. Had a hardest. I had the hardest time with I this one than of any. <laughs> I need Nick to be right here. Tell me what you oh, love about it, because dude, how Kip was, with the, I had the hardest time listening to this record the whole way through, was Final Frontier. Yeah. I that's, was like, that's probably the best one on here, besides Brave New World in the in the newer era. In my opinion. Dude, I tried. Dude, there are some epic songs on that record. <sighs> I, oh my god. I, I got... It's an hour and 20 minutes long. Oh, shut the fuck <laughs> up. That's an hour, that's a fucking movie. Yeah. So I watch horror movies that are 87 minutes. And this album is an hour and 16 minutes long. Give How me. long is the Talesman, Kip? The Somebody, Talisman? The Talisman or Tales? What is the fuck is this called? The Talesman? Talisman. <laughs> Talisman. How long is Talesman. this motherfucking song? Oh, you're going to get destroyed from the... Oh, I'm I'm already looking at Book of Souls like, oh, God. I will. I will admit that I think what, a lot what, of their. What do you music, like a lot? What do you like? About yeah, tell me what you like. I'm not gonna rip on it. Well, I mean, dude, basically what you're getting on Brave New World, you're pretty much getting on the last four records after that. So if you like Brave New World, I'm, I'm Even having a Dance hard of time. Death. I think I like Brave New World a lot because of the nostalgia, for, and they still kind of keep the songs. You nailed it. It's nostalgic it. for you. That's what it is. Do you think Dance yeah. of Death is the worst out of the new? I like it the least. I don't want to say it's the worst because I know some people that really like it, but mm-hmm. I I think it's my least favorite out of the last four mm-hmm. or five. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I like that style of Iron Maiden because you're 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 getting five albums that are really melodic, they're really progressive sounding. They're still metal records, but I like that. I like that style of them. I just you don't have that punk vibe anymore though. You don't have that uh, no, rock and that's roll vibe. Talisman, by the way, in gone, case anybody's man. wondering, nine minutes. They're song. all like six to twenty minutes long. Dude, Joe. Book of Souls. I thought that they became the long songs that just became a parody, where it was like the Red and the Blacks, thirteen and a half minutes. That's a great song. Book of, Book of Souls is ten and a half. Empire of the Clouds is eighteen minutes long, and I'm just like that song, <clears throat> Tears of a Clown, which that's a bad song. That's a terrible song. <sighs> but they've done long songs, Biello, in the past where they still keep... Speed they've had those Don't long listen, songs. Listen, I will I admit it. right now that they could cut out a lot of the fat in the <laughs> music. A lot. You could take your hour and 15 minute long album... They need to be 98% lean. Somebody needs to tell minutes. Steve Harris to cut out the shitty bass intros... And that would probably cut an hour and twenty minute album down to about five minutes. I don't want to say. I don't want to <laughs> use the term. EP. They've made EP. five EPs. <laughs> they could. I don't want to use the term filler because I don't think it's filler. <laughs> but I think that they could trim down a lot of the fat off their songs. You could take your ten minute long song and make it six. But that's the thing. I, I think that when I was, you know, working this entire week, I was listening to Maiden every single day. And when I got to these albums, I was like. It's almost like everything everything we spoke about up to Fear of the Dark, they didn't follow a formula. Yeah. They were all over the place. Mm-hmm. They kind of did 
when they got to, to these albums, like I was saying before, yeah, right. It's just formulaic. so formulaic. We have to put out a 15 minute song. Oh, it's got to be a 15 minute intro. Yeah. Here and they got, yeah. Brave New World set that tone and they've been doing it ever since. Yeah. I'll admit that. That's and true. Is are... that album, I liked it. Was it that successful that that's the formula you're going to go Dude, with? Must be, I, mean, what, I mean, they're like, what, 70 yeah, years but here's, old? 60 yeah, here's years the old? crazy I mean, thing. I think Dickinson just turned 61. Yeah, he's or the something. youngest in the band, isn't he? Yeah. So they're all almost 70 years old. Jesus Christ. Adrian um, Smith, 113 years old. <laughs> wow. But I, it's amazing that the tour after after I saw them, the, when they did the Power Slave, that next tour, they were playing all new stuff. Mm-hmm. They put out an album called Father Times. So <laughs> fucking old. With a uh, thirty-five minute track, thirty-four and a half minutes. Steve Harris noodling on the bass. Be Eddie with a white beard, like being <laughs> sitting in slippers, like old as fuck. I do. I I do like. Uh, with like one of those little sleepy hats, like the little <laughs> holding a candle. It looked like Arn. <laughs> but I I do like the cover of uh, Book of Souls. I thought it was different, um, and that's what got me interested. But I thought, man, double album. Oh God, dude, the LP is three LPs. Oh my, why three? Because it's that long. What's on the What's on side four? Them saying I'm sorry. Dude, Empire of the Clouds. The whole entire thing <laughs> is Empire of the Clouds. What fucking song? Yeah. Um, if oh. I, if I'm listening to something on one side, it's going to be a punk album or Rain and Blood. Oh God, that is <laughs> like so. So there's there's it, six sides. And to just that for record, the record, so I don't I don't know if Rain and Blood's on one side, but. Uh, Rain of Blood's like what twenty something minutes. Twenty. Is it on one side? No, it's on. Both. It's, it's, it's on, on two? two, but there. It's okay. Like, yeah, I think Rain and Blood's like yeah, nine minutes long. Yeah. So oh, then I'll pick a Circle Jerks album that probably has forty-eight <laughs> songs on. Right. <laughs> it's over by the time you take a shit. Yeah. yeah. Like. But I, I. But I will say this: like that tour <laughs> at the when they played all new stuff, mm-hmm. they still sold the shit out of those tickets and people oh, still went will. they're still good luck. i mean it's an institution and I'll, I'll give it to them Dude, um, i think a lot of people still listen to their stuff fuck yeah yes. hey, we're in the minority man people love you said shit. earlier something I, I was gonna save it until now that were you saying how in the 80s like with power slave that was like the height mm-hmm. i think now i think arguably they're more popular now than they Probably. ever have been I think if anything, in America especially, if yeah. anything, they're at they're still at that level. If anything, I think they're way. To me, they're more. I, I think that. I remember what Bruce Dickinson said in the eighties? He said that when we come to America, we're a European rock band. We really don't care what America thinks. Power Slave kind of broke them, but they're huge in America now. Between the eighties and now, way more people in the United mm-hmm. States. Hey man, I've never seen Iron Maiden in front of ten people before. Yeah. Uh, every time I've ever seen them, there are way more people listening times. to this and be like, these two fucking morons are wrong. These yeah. albums, I mean, if you guys love these 11 minute yeah. fucking song, hey, have your fucking blast. There's I, at least 20,000 people. I punish Dom when he doesn't clean his room. I make him listen to Final Frontier. <laughs> you got an hour and 20 minutes to fucking stare at the wall. And, and, then, he's, and then he's done in three seconds. <laughs> They'll be that way until they die or stop. Mm-hmm. They'll always sell out. They're never going to. You know, play in front of fucking Gronk Shop or something like that. No, like and I'm glad that the they don't. Fans in the world. Yeah, and exactly. look, I'll st- if they come around to Cleveland again. I'll see them again. Oh, like yeah. I, I have no problem with going to see them. Like even if they do play these songs, it's, they throw them in there. But they play the. Here's know. a here's the thing though. I was thinking when I was working and listening to when it gets to now, um, and this going back to my priest fanboyism. I think maniacism. that maniacism, maniacism, 
No sleep, no food, just priest. No nothing. (laughs) What are you going to do now? (laughs) Bury us now. (laughs) But, uh, so they, when I listen to Dickinson now, and I listen to Halford now, I think that Halford has aged into his well perfectly. I don't think that Dickinson is aging into his aging into his voice well you, it's hard to it's a, such an operatic I don't, can you, can you dramatic that? fucking like, what do you voice mean exactly? okay i got so exactly I think what that, you mean i think i think halford with the exception of like painkiller which i don't think they should ever play live anymore because they just can't hit it mm-hmm. his oh, voice is a little this. deeper it's yeah. a little darker he's a little, a little more raspier. gruff and i think that he he aged into his voice very well Dickinson is so still trying. Yes, it, 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 when he can sing, yeah. when he's not completely. Well, when he's not blasted, oh, when he's not blackout drunk, he's actually yeah. like. When it comes, and I think that Biff from uh, Saxon, who I think now is a better singer than all these guys, still he's still. I mean, when Justin and I saw him a couple years ago, yeah. it was like. You no, know, I think that is. As a vocal, I hate to say as a vocalist, but <laughs> Bruce Dickinson does a lot of things vocally that aren't natural you know what i mean by that operatic singing like that is not natural hitting those kind of guys like deano a lot of like this is the punk influence and rocker influence like a guy like bon scott Mm -hmm. very almost natural like delivery Mm -hmm. when you start to get operatic vocally you immediately put a lifespan. There's a reason why Lemmy was 70 years old and he could barely talk. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right, but man. But his vocals, because the vocals are more naturally... Dude, like I mean, it's hard to play things that you wrote and, and recorded 30 years ago when it's like that difficult to sing. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. It's just That's tough. why I think that Biff, for some reason, the guy is just like the eternal fountain of youth. Kronos still sounds good. Yeah, and when, right. I, when I saw Dio uh, right before he died... He still sounded good, but he sounded aged. When it comes to Dickinson, and he's trying to sing the evil that men do, and and he's trying to hit those notes. Oh, mm-hmm. it's hard. It, so I was thinking about this, and it's like no disrespect to my uncle, not the one with the priest tattoo, but my uncle, my dad's brother, is deaf. And I know when he would yell, how he would sound. Oh, my God. Where he's funny. like, no, no, no. And that's what Dickinson sounds to me now. He sounds like a wailing cow. A wailing deaf guy? That's yes. the fucking best insult on Narcast history. Bruce Dickinson sounds like a got, fucking aggravated deaf guy. I got nothing, man. I got nothing <laughs> else. I got nothing else to say. And, but, and I said I wasn't going to shit on me. And I'm, Jesus fucking Christ, you think? Yeah, and I'm like, trying not to. But the thing with me is, like, he hasn't... If he toned it down and aged into his voice better... It wouldn't sound as like... Somebody needs to say, look, you're easily one of the most legendary vocalists ever. In music, ever. Not just heavy metal, okay? This guy is unbelievable. Um, I saw something a couple years ago. He was at a church. It was around Christmas time, and he was singing a cappella. No music, no you know microphone or anything. He was just... And people were, like, going gaga over this, like, saying this guy's voice and blah, blah, blah. I thought it sounded like a fucking deaf guy yelling in a church. (laughs) It was just, like, this monotone, because he was trying to hit 
And it's like, dude, you can't hit those notes anymore. And so that is what... What is he doing? Looking for a city? <laughs> looking for a city. <laughs> Do you, have you ever seen... This sounds bad. There's a, a, a video online where a guy sings The Trooper, and he literally is deaf. Oh, God. No, I haven't. And not. he's like... You know? And it's like... I'm not saying that Bruce Dickinson sounds that bad, but there's times when it's like this monotone. Yeah, there's no range to it. And I think that if he did what Halford does, I mean, like I said, when Halford tries to hit those high notes, I've seen live stuff where they play victim of changes and something like, oh, I can hit it tonight. It's like, no, brother, <laughs> you can't hit it. And so yeah, his it's long, vocal, it's long gone. if you listen to Firepower, everything's a little angrier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and that's that's what I wish a lot of metal singers would do if they don't have it anymore. Um like James Hetfield, you can't sing, dude. Get angrier. Because when you're angrier, I think it comes across better. Yeah, you but didn't when... sing on like the most iconic records. Just do a gruff thrash metal vocal. See, I got I guess um I saw Maiden what, I think like three or four years ago. Was that the last it was it was in Detroit. It was last okay. time well, maybe not the last time I remember they came you around, went but to that. yeah, I went to <laughs> I went to that one and uh I don't I mean like I do remember him struggling a little bit to hit some of the higher. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was clearing my throat. Sorry. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> like making threats always. No, yeah, what are you doing over there? Probably see, my, probably see my deaf guy vocals. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, re- I remember him having some small issues trying to hit certain uh, notes and stuff, but I don't remember him being like terrible or anything like that I, I remember walking away like mildly impressed with not only like his charisma and just the all-around energy he had up there mm-hmm. for being that old and running around I, don't, I can't even run around like that i'm 30 oh that's the, i'll give him credit man he mm-hmm. he's 60 years old and that dude is i mean oh yeah, stage presence is top notch. musically yeah. sometimes i know joe was mentioning metallica and i saw metallica um my god i think it was on the death magnetic tour Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I've seen Metallica. So they, Kid Rock. Oh yeah, my oh, I was God. at that show. I slept Seven during Dustin Kid Rock. Kid Rock. New Year's <sighs> best Day sleep of my best sleep of my life during a Kid Can Rock you set. That was twenty. Yeah. That'll be twenty years ago in January. I slept like a baby through the that reason whole why, Kid Rock set. <laughs> the reason why I never saw Metallica is because of the concert, the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm just like, dude, yeah. I'm not paying. I just made my last for... payment on that show last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> twenty years later, like a student loans. But it's uh, like, so when I saw Metallica, now other than the drums, because, oh my God, Lars couldn't keep up with it at uh, all. Facial I mean, expressions alone make me not want to watch him play drums. Yeah. But he also looks like your fucking dad. There's, <laughs> but there's like, there's, there's things about certain bands when you see them now that you're like, it's cool seeing them, but they don't really have that same feel. Yeah. I say when I when you see Maiden, they still have that same oh, feel. Yeah. They play those songs. Yeah, it sounds the same to me as it did in the '80s, and that's yeah. why I'll give them credit. Um, and it I does. think that Priest had a little bit of a problem with how they sounded. And I, I well, I'd like to do a Priest episode. I know Joe and I are Priest fans. I have big problems with Scott Travis on drums when it comes to Priest because I don't. It's I have a whole weird. Where I actually prefer Dave Holland more over Scott Travis, even though Dave Holland's the worst drummer. Yeah. But 
It lends to the sound more than... Yeah, but when I when I saw Priest, I haven't seen him yet with Andy Sneap and Richie Faulkner. Mm-hmm. But the live stuff I've seen, they add so much energy and depth to their playing. And I think that that is kind of... It's good for me as a Priest fan, but it's bad because I'm like, eh, we don't have... We don't have, uh, you know, KK and Glenn in the band. Right. Obviously, KK's been out, yeah. and Tipton's been, he has Parkinson's, so he's gone. So it's kind of bad in a way because I'm like, well, a classic. You're, yeah. you're kind of saying, you're kind of getting to a point where you're like, all right, well, obviously they were kind of the weak link. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would suggest people check out KK Downing's Steel Mill which is the new stuff he's doing. Mm-hmm. It has Ripper on vocals, Dave Ellison on bass. Um, Les Banks was on drums, who was on the early Priest stuff. Sounds killer. But Maiden, getting back to my point, these are still the same guys. Now they got three guitar players, and they literally sound, they have not skipped a beat. And that it's is where wild, I give man. them props over Priest. Um when it comes to how they sound. They're probably dudes that are that old and still sounding like they're 30. Mm-hmm. They're st- they still play like... I think still Nico McBrain's like got to be close to 70. Yeah. yeah. They're getting up there, man. It's crazy. I mean, it's like when I saw them, I thought, no, this is going to be a cool stage show, but music's probably not going to sound the same. No. They came out, and I had a six-foot erection with a cheeseburger on the end of it. <laughs> It was fucking insane. I was like, I'm I'm a bigger Priest fan, and these guys are fucking like, yeah. <laughs> seriously making me rethink Priest live. Because it was just, it was incredible. Yeah, it's hard to go to their show and walk away disappointed. Yeah, they still it really come. is. I'm going to try to catch them next time they come, because you just never know when. That's you, the thing. You know. I mean, yeah. I think that's, you know, we're, we're, we really don't have much, uh, I don't have really much else to really go on as far as the newer stuff. Uh, I wanted to end it on a positive note. Yeah. And this is kind of a shorter one. I mean, we did kind of, uh, um, mm-hmm. two hours. Yeah, so we did cover it. Cover, oh, it felt, well, it was good. It was fun. Uh, we are going to come back for the end of the year though. Um, episode. I think it'll be good. An episode 20 mm-hmm. being the best albums of our favorite of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, Going into 2020. Yeah. I don't know if, if I know Joe and I obviously, but I don't know if you'd be interested in that. I actually wasn't listening to anything that was being said. What'd you say? You son of a bitch. <laughs> so you want to do a, a best of? We're, we are doing a best of. Okay. Okay. Oh my okay. God. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm really Best hungry. of 2019. That'll be our 20th episode. I would love to do that because, yeah, I would love to do that. You can't talk about one album though. I, I'm not gonna let you fucking talk about it. Hey man, if I'm no, gonna... I'm joking, dude. You can absolutely don't give it away. No, I won't. But you can just say you're disgusted and just leave it. At I'm that. not disgusted, dude. I listen to Dwight Yoakam. I own every Dwight Yoakam album. It's fucking true. Is that the guy from The Office? No, that's no, worse. Like <laughs> <laughs> country singer. Oh god, classic. That is worse. I'd rather listen to Old Dwight school. talk for an hour. I have a, a, only of the most stellar of lists that people would expect from me. Um, it's it, it's good. I know you're going to bring up. You brought up Japanese punk in this episode. I'd it's like it's there. like literally every I episode. 
Yeah, you I never. Yeah, I sneak it in there all the time. Oh, we, I almost said something. It's like Stephen King in every one of his movies. You got to <laughs> look for him. He's going to be somewhere. What did he say? It was. So, oh my god! What, what the hell was he talking about? about? Something about uh, Early, the, the production. Japanese punk bands were extremely influenced by the first couple Iron Maiden. Oh, you're records. done. Stop. Yes. Just, just stop. Jo- Justin up. joked about it in one of the episodes. He was like, "You're going to bring up Japanese punk," and he was like, "No, no, not in this one." And then five minutes later, yep. yeah, Japanese punk. I sneak it in there, <laughs> but I don't have any Japanese punk on my year-end list. But I do have uh, one Italian band. So, so we'll find out who it is. Oh. Oh, okay. No, oh, there's going to be one. some good stuff. I, what are you doing? Ten or fifteen? I picked ten, but I have much more to talk about. I just picked a top. I've 10. put a I've put a ten list on the internet, but I could expand it if I need to. There's plenty of shit I left out. Do I'm going to do twenty, but I'll do like a ten, like a top. Let's do a twenty-five. Top twenty-five. Jesus Christ! I don't know if I could. Okay. <laughs> I can do. A I think. I think nineteen right? was that good of a year that I could put twenty-five together that I like that much. I have more. How many do I have? I have a. I have a we'll top get, 10, but... This is what we'll do. We'll get through 25. You'll just run them through. When we did, like, the New Wave of British Heavy Metal episode, okay. we did... We went, like, one album, and then he went one, and then yeah. it literally the episode was, like, two and a half weeks long. We mm-hmm. can do 25, because I would only need four more to talk about. I put 21 on my list, and I picked so, 10. Yeah, so. what we'll do is we'll go, like, we'll start with you. You just run off the 25. We'll start with you, and then and then we'll go and we'll talk. Yeah. That's that. Fair. I think that's what we did with our KISS episode, and it went really faster. Smooth? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, uh, hopefully you guys tune in. And Yeah, and I'm also going to plug what I do with Brother Jay, right. the horror of it all. Um, so check that out. I'll, I'll put a link up on Narcast. This is just like we do movies. Jay and I have been talking about doing a podcast for years. We just never did it. Um, we do movies. We do music over there as well but it's not going to coincide with what's going on here other than the very first episode because jay had a ton of notes on 70s and i already had notes on 70s so it was a little different but the we already did one on halloween um the next two episodes that we're doing music and movies obviously friday the 13th we're doing a friday the 13th episode about uh, mus- uh, movies and then the, the music portion we're going to be doing uh, for the Anthrax. I can't do it here because Joe doesn't like Anthrax, which is fine. Although aside from the first record. Yeah, and he's not. It, it would be him talking about the first record for five minutes and then you it just w- it wouldn't be fair. Yeah. yeah, but we're going to be doing the uh, Belladonna era versus the Bush era. We're not doing the Neil Turbin era, which is the first album, which I love. But um, that's what Jay's going to be, John Bush era, I'm Belladonna era. We're going to kind of go back and forth about that. But uh, Camo next week, Devil Master. Yeah. On the 13th, if you're local, I'll be up. Where is that class? I'll be now. Let's class. I'll be there um, selling merch for Hammer. It's uh, Devil Master, Are Hammer. you selling exorcism tapes as we well? We will have exorcism tapes as well. Uh, not only a few because we're kind of, we're almost gone. Uh, we had a lot couple for trade and other stuff but there's some available at the black market we'll have exorcism tapes i'll be doing merch for hammer um catch me before 11 p.m because it's gonna get real hazy after that probably for me <laughs> so come by and yell actually at me. no because if it is going to get hazy then catch him after 11 p.m then you get free merch yeah, free <laughs> <tapes>. <laughs> that's he just kind of admitted right free tapes for everyone but yeah we got kind of some things in the works with narcast that i'm kind of i'm pretty excited about that you know, 
especially one thing that we're going to do with a certain group. I don't know if Joe wants to mention it, but I would, I would, I oh. think I said get him involved. With we got it. some, we got some plans. Uh, we're doing something that's um, going to involve Pantera, and it's going to be really, really, really um, cool. Our talking to my buddy Keith, um, who works um, independent film. Uh, we got stuff planned for 2020. We're going to expand it beyond a podcast. Uh, tune in. Um, you know, thanks for all the support. Uh, it's been a cool year. First uh, season wrapping up. I think we'll do the 20th episode. I was just about to ask when. On, when? We'll, we'll just do it on my birthday, on the 20th. Why okay. don't we just do it then, when we have people over, and when I, when I have people over, and we'll just do it, you know. Yeah. All right. We'll just do a best of then, so. And then that'll close out the year. That's right. The first we'll, chapter. Yeah. And then we'll get into my next chapter i'll probably develop like a meth problem or something <laughs> right so tune in for that cheers all right cheers thanks Bye.